You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Hello again, everybody. Welcome one and all to tonight's live broadcast of TPC. I'm James Edwards along with Keith Alexander. And uh, you're in store for a special evening with former state representative and gubernatorial nominee, David Duke, when he is back with us tonight for an extended discussion. David's going to be coming up uh, in just a few minutes, and he'll be with us for the better part of two hours. I got off the phone with him a few minutes ago, and uh, we've got a lot of topics that uh, we are excited to present to you tonight, and as always with David, to get his uh, very unique treatment on these headlines and current events. So that's going to be the anchor of the program tonight. But first, before we get to David, I wanted to give Keith an opportunity to sink his teeth into the biggest story I think that's going on right now, at least in terms of the conservative and even quasi-right-wing reaction to it. That is the story of Daniel Penny. Can you give us just first, Keith, a 30-second breakdown of why Daniel Penny is in the news? Well, Daniel Penny is a popular person with the Normicons, and this isn't a put-down of him in any way, because he's not affiliated with any type of Southern Poverty Law Center hate group. He is a regular person. He's a former Marine. Uh, He's a big, tall, relatively good-looking guy, and he came to the rescue of people in a subway, including some women that were being harassed and threatened by a black uh, mental case, this guy that... Uh, the very long rap sheet of uh, criminality. Yeah, but of course, the left is trying to turn him into, uh, you know, some type of civil rights hero or some type of, you know, solid citizen. And they're saying that Daniel Penny is a murderer because he basically put the guy in a chokehold. Well, a chokehold... You know, we used to call it when I was a kid a half Nelson or something like that. You would do that if you were wrestling with somebody. It restrains a threat. And right. It would have probably You're been, trying to immobilize his arms. It would have basically. probably have been the appropriate response to this, but then the question comes, why did the guy die? Did he die? Was he actually choked to death and suffocated? We haven't seen an autopsy. That's where the plot thickens, I guess, a little bit. But why is this... And if he did, in fact go over the top and kill him. I mean, that's a, that's a separate issue. But why do you think the conservative establishment has really latched on to this in a way that they did uh, very similarly with Kyle Rittenhouse? I, 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 you know, if I had to choose a side, I'm on, I'm on Penny's side. But uh, this, it is interesting. I mean, well, this, well, this looks to be a little more perhaps even convoluted than the Derek Chauvin situation. Well, it's like the reincarnation of Bernard Getz in a lot of ways. This is what's happening in these blue cities that have George Soros... Attorney generals uh, holding sway. I, I should say, Keith, to your point here, this is very similar to the situation we had uh, a couple of weeks ago in Kansas City with the 80-year-old white man who shot the, what well, they called him a scholar, who was perhaps trying to break into his home. 
around midnight, and uh, the police came originally to that scene, questioned the uh, the, the the older gentleman who had fired the the shots, and let him go. Uh, they didn't arrest him. They didn't take him down. They, you know, that didn't seem to be look like self defense. Stand your ground. Now, in, in this case as well, Penny was uh, questioned by the police. Now, you know, normally, if you kill somebody in cold blood, you get arrested on the spot, no questions asked. The police questioned him about the incident. They let him go. It wasn't until the black mayor of New York and, of course, the black district attorney Alvin Bragg, who we've talked about so much, uh, connected the dots. Black uh, black person who was choked. White guy who did it, uh, this is obviously going to be something we're going to go after. Well, they try to turn these people into heroes, but basically he's going to be like George Floyd. He's a person with precarious health. He was a street person, a drug addict, all of those things. You know, he checks those boxes, the guy that was killed. And Daniel Penny, for the conservatives, checks all their boxes. He's a guy in his mid-20s, handsome, fit, former Marine. He's now going to college. He looks like he's, uh, you know, an outstanding citizen type of person, you know, not somebody that is in the public spotlight, but somebody that they can get behind. And basically what this is, the left is trying to turn all black people into the Hindu equivalent of a sacred cow, okay? Nobody, no white person can dare lay rude hands upon a black person under any circumstance. It doesn't matter, like the guy in Kansas City, whether you think that the guy's trying to break into your house at midnight or whether you're on a um, uh, subway and you see this guy harassing women and uh, children. And that's and other the thing. People. I haven't seen the video of what the black man did to warrant being put into the chokehold, the restraint hold. Uh, that would be interesting to see. Now, if you live in a place like New York City or Memphis or Atlanta, uh, you go to downtown Memphis anytime, you're going to get accosted. Uh, it's just you got to you got to handlers. It'll be very aggressively with the panhandlers, especially. And you got to determine for yourself how big of a threat you consider that them to be. Now, I've grown up with you know, been around them well, all what my they life. do, for example, if you park your car and you go somewhere and they see you and they ask you for money and you don't do it, you come back and your car is keyed or the tires are punched. Well, here's what Brad Griffin said about this, uh, writing at Occidental Descent. Black Run America describes an essential aspect of our social order. The New York subway, for example, is run for the benefit of vagrants like Jordan Neely. That was the uh, deceased in this well, well, story. Well, vagrant isn't half of it, man. He's a drug well, addict. Well, He's we're, a, we're, we're a about to get to that. Yeah, he has, a, he has a very, very, very illustrious rap sheet. Innocent people are killed all the time there. They are often pushed in front of trains by sociopaths. No one cares. No news stories there. It only becomes a story about race in America when someone like Daniel Penny dares to lay hands on one of these gremlins. As podcaster Amy Therese put it, much more bluntly, I might add, quote, there is a conspicuous in, uh, indignity to the idea that dead black men whose lives amounted to nothing more than a series of felonies are paraded in front of us as though they were beloved members of the community whose deaths we are legitimately mourning, end quote. Brad continues, we are all Daniel Penny. We are living under the same system and through this unique period of history. Never before in our history have black people been put on such a pedestal. Your life has been negatively impacted by this obsession in countless ways. Maybe you have to pay to send your kids to private school because the public schools have all been ruined. Maybe you have to commute to work because you feel unsafe to live in a big city like New York. Because of these criminals, maybe you just pay taxes to subsidize the dysfunction. Maybe you lost your job uh, because of some act against a protected class. 
Maybe you encountered obstacles in your career because of your race. Maybe you have been investigated and excommunicated from your church for the sin of racism. We the both world, check those boxes, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> the world is being run at your expense for their benefit. We are living through a social experiment. Daniel Penny's freedom is the latest casualty of that experiment, and you can donate to his legal defense. Uh, we've got that link up on our website. I believe he's raised close to $3 million. Uh, so this is, again, something, Keith, that is is much bigger than our universe. This is something that the conservative media is very much promoting because he's got a very healthy war chest there to fight these charges. Well, I'm sure that PayPal will uh, cancel the account uh, when they find out how much money he's got. This is what this is the proof that the civil rights movement has been a resounding failure. Okay, here we are, seventy years out, and. This is what we have. We have ruined public education. We have ruined public transportation. We have ruined so much of American life. We've ruined city life. And it's all because of left-wing takeover egalitarian movements like the civil rights movement, the homosexual rights movement, the feminist movement, all of these things. Every one of them has turned out to be a flop. Not only a flop, they've been... Bad. They've been absolutely positively. You gotta take bad. a break. We'll be right back. Introducing Managed IT Services from NPI. We offer top-notch data backup and recovery, email spam protection, and network security tailored to your needs and budget. With 20-plus years of experience in the medical field, our HIPAA-certified consultants know what it takes to protect sensitive information. Don't settle for less. Give us a call at 801-706-6980 and experience the difference with Managed IT Services. Remember, your IT support should be fast, efficient, and reliable. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Introducing PrepStartsNow.com, your ultimate guide to readiness and peace of mind. We offer practical preparedness tools, training, and education to take your family's household readiness to the next level. Browse the prep shop for essential products, check out our planning guides, and stay informed with our prep blog. Visit PrepStartsNow.com and subscribe to our emails for exclusive offers, new products, and future events. Remember, preparedness begins with PrepStartsNow.com. everybody uh, we are getting connected with our featured guest of the evening uh, Keith you can go ahead and wrap up that commentary if you had anything left over it is interesting though actually I- I'll pull this up while we're waiting on David um, of course there's a lot of euphemisms that get dropped now for uh, 
for for black people in stories like this they they have been called in recent months bird watchers joggers scholars they call this one a michael jackson impersonator they don't mention to you though uh, the bad stuff. It's always something that makes them yeah, endearing. But this so, was so, yeah, like Tyree Nichols. This is what this is. It's shown that the camel's nose in the tent was we just want equal treatment for black people. Now we want vastly preferential treatment for blacks. In other words, we're to ignore all of their social pathologies, all of their threats, all their criminal behavior. Listen to and this. And if you dare to try to restrain them or control them then you are a racist. You know, this that word transfixes Republicans. A Republican uh, candidate or a Republican uh, party functionary would rather be called a pedophile <laughs> any day than be called Listen a Listen to this. You don't think racial identity politics exists? It does. The only place it doesn't exist is with our people, and we've got to fix that, and I mean in a hurry. Uh, this is New York City Mayor Eric Adams. This is his observation. So you know within the first five seconds of his address here what's got him excited about this, uh, what's got him it, it mustered into action over this story. One of our own is that a black man, black like me, a man named Jordan, the name I gave my son. Named after a pair of shoes. A New Yorker who struggled with tragedy, trauma, and mental illness. A man whose last words were a cry for help. A man named Jordan Neely. Okay. So what do you think's got him uh, upset about this particular of he, all he, the mur- of all the murders that happened in places like New York? Why did this get the attention of the mayor? Because it was a black man and the mayor is a black man. See, racial partisanship is driving all of this. Racial partisanship is great for any race except the white race. In fact, you're supposed to be totally objective, but really a mayor is supposed to be totally objective. He's a mayor not just of the black people of New York, but all the people of New York. And he cannot bring himself to be impartial and objective. And that's why, to tell you the truth, he should be disqualified from being the mayor of New York or having any responsible position because he is incapable of being objective and impartial. I'm just glad there's no other crimes in New York that would get his attention. Not to say that this one is any more or less important than any other, but you have to point out the fact that here's the DA. As Brad wrote, people are murdered in the subway all the time. Well, look, look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden comes to Nashville. Is he expressing sympathy or empathy for the people who were killed at the Covenant yeah, it was School? Kamala, I think. Yeah, right. Well, Kamala came down. Well, he made the comments, too. Basically, they had solidarity with the Tennessee Three, the uh, loudmouth uh, black and one uh, cat woman, uh, Democratic woman, white woman, uh, who disrupted the Tennessee legislature. That outweighs the deaths right. of all these That's people. Right. Well, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they invited them to the White House. They got a royal reception. I believe we have our friend here. Uh, are you there, David? How are you? Uh, 
There he is. Well, let me give you a proper introduction, and then we'll move on. We are doing fine. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know him, of course, as a, an author, former member of the Louisiana State Legislature, former gubernatorial nominee, and much more. But to me... One, one of the beloved uh, uh, targets of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, well, the entire, entire constellation of... They, they, they wouldn't operate the if system, David didn't exist. The system. But he's a lot more than that to me. He is a man uh, that uh, we have attended conferences to together we've been on the radio together on the road together at restaurants hotels museums a guest in each other's homes on the shores of lake pontchartrain and the banks of the mississippi river even the sands of the gulf of mexico we've stood on the ramparts of historic battlefields he is a member of my family and i i mean that very dearly my wife and kids love him as much as i do and it's always great to have david duke back on the show now i'll ask you david how are you I'm doing great. I hope that uh, Danny is great. The kids are wonderful, and uh, I'm sure everything's going great with you. I just uh, looking forward to y'all having a lot more kids. Yeah, we get, we were talking about that on the phone yesterday. We got to get on that. You know, I'm a, I'm. A, let's see, what year is this now? I am a, at least 20 years older than I was when you and I first met, and it's gone by in the blink of an eye. But uh, I, I, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. You never know. And, Maybe someday I'll get married again and have a few more kids. I could really get ahead of you. Hey, Brimelow's done it. I mean, you know, y'all, yeah, of course. So why Go not? Forward, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, some of the biblical characters were like 600 and they kept having kids. So. Yeah, that's right. Well, we have to do something for humanity. You have to be a black guy that uh, doesn't support his children to have that many of them. Well, you got to have a son. You got to, Cyrus. I love your daughters. You got to, there's got to be. Uh, a, a, it would a be nice if I don't, if I did get married again and I had. Children, I'd like to have a son, but I'll be fine with more daughters. I wouldn't care. Uh, well, you got me. I would like a son. I think every I'll man talk wants to David off the, uh, of sh- uh, off the air sometime. I know the secret of having son. I had three. Yeah, he's got three. I've got two girls and a boy. But, uh, you know, David, you've always you got, got any me passwords. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, we're going to spend some time, an extended evening with uh, – David Duke tonight over the course of the next hour and a half. Uh, and we are going to talk about a lot of different issues, censorship, Twitter, ADL, Russia, uh, Donald Trump, and anything else he wants to cover. But first, let's just, for the remainder of this segment, before we start a fresh segment with a fresh topic, just to catch the audience up. Uh, you've been a mainstay guest on this program since our inception, going on now 19 years here on the radio, even though you and I have known each other a little bit longer than that. So you're, you're, you're certainly not new to the audience. You are a regular, but this is your first appearance in calendar year 2023. We've had a couple of months of special programming. So let's just take a couple of minutes here for you to let the audience know what you've been up to since we last spoke. Well, I've been doing what I'm doing. I'm, I'm getting my update for my book, My Awakening. It's going to be an incredible update and a lot of new information, a lot of new data. And I I continue to learn every day. I love that. I I love to get up. I'm 72 years old, but I love to get up in the morning and and just learn all that I can. And there's such a tremendous inflow of information. It's, It's sad in the way that we have an Internet controlling the minds of so much of the globe. But at the same time, it does offer us. And the Internet wasn't a responsibility of the Jewish supremacists. Uh, they didn't create the Internet. In fact, the truth is, it would have been possible, except for a good friend of mine years earlier, man, I don't think you met, but it was Dr. William Shockley, who was a Nobel Prize winner. He invented the transistor and the silicon chip. And I remember talking with him, and I talked to him shortly before he died. 
And he worked very hard to educate people on the racial question and the survival of our people, our European people. And also, we talked a lot about the Jewish ultra-racists, the ultra-supremacists, who are the world's really biggest problem. And they are a threat not just simply to Europeans. And they've been behind all the immigration. They've been behind the LGBTism. They've been behind these insane wars that have bled our people dry. They've been behind so many of these things and a lot of the anti-Christian rhetoric. And I think it's important because I am a Christian. I wear it on my sleeve like you do, uh, James. And it's, I think it's really important to point out that we do speak about the Jewish people and Jewish organized power. Uh, we're not saying that every Jew is an evil person or is a bad person. But people must understand that what you call Judaism is not simply not believing in, in Christ. It's not that they accept Christ as the Son of God. They literally hate Christ. And and really, they hate the God that we worship, let me tell you, because they are really, I'm talking about the religion, I'm not saying every individual Jew, but uh, they believe literally that they are the seed of God, that they are gods. In fact, uh, one of, a lot of my research recently, I've been looking into this very deeply, is that Jews mainstream Jews are saying constantly how, and it's really amazing, is that, uh, I'll give you an example. There's a major Jewish website called My Jewish Learning. And and you can learn a lot about Jews. It's one of the biggest in the, in the world. And it's also controlled and, and led by rabbis, Jewish religious people, Jewish secular people, or whatever. And in the headline article is, Must a Jew Believe in God? Even rabbis can be atheists. The centrality of God in Judaism huh. may not be as straightforward as you think. Now, that article is by Daniel Septium. Must a Jew believe in God? I'll give you the first sentence. How important is belief in God? Can one be a good Jew without believing in God? These questions articulated in this way are relatively modern ones. However, while normative Judaism has always been God-centered, some thinkers, both ancient and modern, have conceptualized Judaism in ways that make beliefs about gods less central. And then it goes on to continually to, sh to show how the truth is that the real feeling among Jews today is that they don't believe in God, but they do believe in the Jewish people. And that's what Judaism is all about. Is the, Hold on is right the there. A great opening salvo by the one and only David Duke. We've got so much more to talk about with him. An extended conversation tonight. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Richard Johnson. We have Chairman, these individuals Mr. Chairman, I, I can't, I can't, I can't sample of the first few minutes of a House Oversight Panel hearing in which three FBI whistleblowers are saying the FBI unfairly targeted conservatives. To be blunt... The leadership of the FBI and the DOJ are corrupt. That's Wyoming Republican Harriet Hageman. Democrats on the panel say Republicans just want to disable and eventually dismantle the FBI. House Democrats are blasting the Republican leadership for effectively killing a resolution to expel New York Congressman George Santos. Democratic leader Akeem Jeffries says the GOP is shielding Santos from accountability. 
The Supreme Court says no, the families of the victims of terrorism may not sue social media companies over terror-related content on those sites. A group of families sued the biggest tech companies, Google, Facebook, Twitter, essentially saying that the tech companies had allowed ISIS propaganda to proliferate on their platforms, that they knew this content was out there, and they were essentially steering young men to, to this content using a sophisticated set of algorithms. NBC correspondent. Laura Jarrett says it was a unanimous decision by the Supreme Court to reject that claim. The number of us filing for unemployment checks down this week by nearly 20,000 from last week, which was an 18-month high. The agency that hired photographers to take pictures of Prince Harry and wife Meghan in New York Tuesday night denies the couple's claims that paparazzi pursuing them nearly caused several serious accidents. It says instead the Royals' security team was the aggressor in the incident. Since the dawn of cord cutting, using a streaming service instead of cable or satellite TV, critics have said it's not that different from cable since we have to buy every channel. The Wall Street Journal reports ESPN is now working on a standalone streaming service for all of its channels. No word yet on a timeline. This is USA News. Meet Joe A, Joe B, and Joe C. What's up? Three everyday Joes perfecting their banking with Chase. Joe A is locking his lost debit card with the Chase mobile app. Joe B is cruising toward his new ride with autosave. And Joe C's Chase banker is helping him budget to go back to school. Tools that help protect. Support for what's next. One bank that puts you in control. Visit chase.com slash checking. Chase. Make more of what's yours. Chase Mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Messaging and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-471-7065. 800-471-7065. That's 800-471-7065. Welcome back. We're just getting started. The special extended conversation with David Duke. He's on most guests almost always, never on for more than an hour. David on with us tonight for almost two. Keith, I know you wanted to respond to what you heard uh, in the last segment and then uh, help us segue into the next topic. Well, it's an important point, particularly for white Christian evangelicals, to understand that Judaism is not a religion primarily it's secondarily a religion it is primarily like david said a cultural ethnic identity for example you could be like allen ginsburg a beatnik a poet pedophile homosexual atheist and you would be welcomed as a citizen of israel on the other hand you could be a white gentile philo-semite like john hagee that raises millions of dollars for him and you still wouldn't qualify for citizenship over there this is what people need to understand about that now we'd like to change subjects briefly so we could go to russia and particularly the bulger uh, or the uh durham deport report that's what it is the durham report on russiagate you know that was the democrats big uh, weapon stick they beat Donald Trump with both in 2016 and 2020, and they pr- appointed a special prosecutor, former attorney general of Connecticut, named 
John Durham, and Durham did a lengthy investigation and said that the whole thing was a bunch of baloney. Uh, and, you know, again, the silence is deafening from the mainstream media. Yeah, I think it's going to be very much like we saw with the Heafy report out of Charlottesville, where you had this independent arbiter who was uh, appointed by the system, and he came back with objective, honest findings. He was honest enough to truthfully report his findings, which essentially exonerated the Unite the Right participants. That got memory hold. I think this will, too. But, David, take a, a bite out of that apple and tell us also what you think, where you think this whole situation is between Russia, Ukraine, Putin, and Zelensky stands now nearly a year and a half on. You know, okay, I'll be happy to do that. But let me let me just continue on for a second with what I was talking about before, because it's, it's kind of important. I know that most of your listeners are Christians. Both of us are Christians. Our friend here is a Christian. And it, this is one of the most vital things in the world. We're not talking against the Old Testament, but we're talking about what Christianity really is. And Christianity is a New Testament. It is a new covenant. And God, you know, the God felt that Jews disobeyed his commandments, that Jews as a group, as a faith per se, that's why we started Christianity, was a faith that denied God and denied Jesus Christ, his son. And it's really important for Christians to understand that because they used to be taught in every Christian church. I went through Church of Christ. Uh, the favorite guy at our church was Searcy, Arkansas, and that was Gerald K. Smith, who was also one of the greatest people that understood about the uh, the, the Jewish question. The truth is the New Testament has 450 passages that condemned Judaism and the Jews. Christ himself condemned what they called the Jewish law, the halakha, the oral tradition, which became the Talmud. And uh, that that's a fact. Uh, and you just have to look into it. And, and there's so many things. I'll just give you one more quote because we want to go into all these other subjects. And not all of our listeners are Christians. And we respect everybody whatever your belief, uh, we're Christians. But at the same time, it's amazing how so many Christians now are supporting organized Jewry, which is probably the most powerful anti-Christian, anti-European, anti-God, anti-country, anti-family, anti-justice and morality force on the face of the earth. And I'll just give you one more example of this quote. Um, it goes all through the New Testament that uh, it's amazing. Uh, it goes all through the New Testament, and it, and it says this very clearly in the Old Testament. If you disobey my commandments, I, I'm going to disallow you. So this, this is what it says. Quote, It's not the children of the flesh, you're the children of God. The children of the promise, which means Jesus Christ, are reckoned as descendants. It says, listen, as indeed it says in Hosea, those who were not my people... I will call my people. And it says specifically in the New Testament, there's the Gentiles, right? They're, they're the ones that will call the living God. So, and then as another good example, when you hear a preacher, and I hate to talk down your preacher, but your preacher does not even understand. Oh, we do understand, it all the time. Has not even, we do it all the time. If, if, any preacher that tells people that the Jews are the chosen people of God today, right, are that Jews have a special covenant with God in today's world since the coming of Christ. They're going directly against the words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's important for Christians to understand that. 
And but here, I'll give an example. This is right, right out of uh, Hebrews, New Testament, eight six through eight eight uh, verse eight six and seven nine through ten. Right. Uh, he says, "For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come when the Lord and I, when I will make a new covenant." He goes, "I'm not according to the covenant I made." Uh, with those fathers in the day when I took them by the hand out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. You can't get any clearer than that, can you? They continued not. That's the words of Jesus Christ as quoted there. Also, it says, here's another place from Matthew, Therefore I tell you, talking to these Jews, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation, a different nation, producing the fruits of it. And when the chief priests and Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived he spoke of them. Pretty clear, isn't it, right? And uh, Pretty clear and also. Let me say this too, David, if I could. Yeah. As in Matthew and Luke, the parable of the king and his uh, son's wedding, and he sends out the uh, invitations to the normal invitees, right. and they turn it down. He sends out his uh, uh, servants again, and they kill them. And then he opens it up to others. That's the parable that the Jews rejected God and uh, God's invitation. And he then the, the, opened the Jewish, it up to the Gentiles. The Jew, Judaism hates Jesus Christ. Judaism literally in the Talmud says that they've brought Jesus back from the grave, that he was killed. He didn't go to heaven. They resurrected him for themselves so they could torture him in boiling human excrement for all of eternity. That may sound so unbelievable to some people listening to this, but it's really true. You can read a book called Jesus in the Talmud, famous book, by Peter Schaefer, head of Judaic Studies at Princeton University, written along with other Jewish scholars. And he shows and he proves beyond any doubt that the Talmud literally makes this claim. This is a fact. And the Talmud is, is an important say. part of Judaism today. Yeah, it's it was the oral the tradition that that Christ actually condemned, by the way. And, and I think that God, through his son, was bringing a correction because of the fact that the Jews went away from God's word, his real word, and, and the kind of loving word that God intended for the world and for people. And it, it's, it's, it's just amazing. I'll give you one more quote, then we can talk about all this other stuff and Crane and the rest of it. But Let's this is it. a great quote from Thessalonians 2.14. 2, Quote this to your preachers when they start talking about how we've got to have a covenant with the Jews and support the Jews. For you suffered, it says, like things of your own countrymen, as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus Christ and the prophets and drove us out and displease God and oppose all men. Goes on, but God's wrath has come upon them at last. <laughs> that's first Thessalonians, Thessalonians two fourteen through sixteen. Well, you know that's you an old joke. I, I don't even know if it's a joke, but people talk about this is anti-Semitic, that is anti-Semitic. Of course, what passes for anti-Semitism now is any objective criticism of of any no individual. No matter how truthful. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you can't have any criticism of, of of this protected class of people, this elite class. But people, I, this we've said this before. But people say, what's the most anti-Semitic book in the world? They said the New Testament. Um, well, that's you can you can read an article about that in the Jerusalem Post. Notice I always use facts. That's the leading 
uh, English language newspaper, famous newspaper in, in Israel. The title of the article is by Shmuel Bailey. He was also one of these guys that tries to control Christians. But the, the name of the article, the title of the article is, Is the New Testament anti-Semitic? And the answer is yes. That's what he says. 450 passages talking about Jewish usury, you know, Jewish money lender, the filing of the temple, how Jews crucified, they conspired to crucify Jesus Christ, how that they persecute Christians, murdered Christians, you know, and my God, I mean, you, you just, you can't make these things up when you start to look at this. That's what Jews think of it. And if you go into any library, I just challenge you, go into your library or look it up on Google, go to Amazon, and look at all the anti-Jewish books. Excuse me. I I did that on purpose. Because, you know, we always hear about anti-Semitism. <laughs> right. We don't hear about anti-Christianism. We don't hear about anti-whiteism, right? We don't hear about anti-Europeanism. We and and that's the reality of it. So but but it's hard to look at all the books that condemn Christ, say he was drugged in the cross and didn't really die and was all faked and all the rest of it. It's Jew after Jew after Jew after Jew. They're the vast majority of the books. Got it. Wait, of course. We got to take a quick break. We will be back. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21. Our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3. The many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise, from flags to t-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting, drop by our Confederate corner for a free cup of coffee and good conversation. Remember, there are no strangers here, just friends who haven't met yet. Dixie Republic, we're not just a roadside attraction, we're a destination for our people. For more information, visit DixieRepublic.com. Well, we are back. Uh, I'll tell you, David Duke is uh, very much a teacher in his own right uh, with a lot of knowledge, and he likes to very generously share his wisdom. You can find out more at DavidDuke.com. He has a daily radio program over at the Rents Radio Network. Uh, I'll tell you another funny story about David. We were on vacation uh, together, my family, my wife and kids, another family that is uh, friends with both 
my wife and I and, and, and with David as well, and they have a, a pretty large family. And all of the kids were out in the ocean with David. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Finding Nemo, uh, but there is uh, the school of fish, get it, uh, have a headmaster called Mr. Ray. And uh, we were looking at them. David was out in the ocean with all of our kids both families kids and he was teaching them how to hold their breath and how to swim and, and do this that and the other it just kind of reminded me of that scene but this is just the kind of guy he is and i think you know we have had him on the show he is so familiar to this audience i think even even i sometimes am guilty of of, of sometimes being distanced from exactly who we're talking to when we talk to david duke you go back to the early 90s and it's hard to argue that there was a bigger force in American politics than Duke, certainly not on our side, uh, but at the very tip of the spear in all of American politics, his runs for uh, governor and the United States Senate out of Louisiana were absolute game changers. I mean, I think, folks, you go back, you look at some of those campaigns seas of people uh, just thousands and thousands of people at these rallies he received hundreds of thousands of votes and he he received the majority of the white vote in louisiana that is that is absolutely well you know knowing what incredible. we know about elections now and about election rigging i wouldn't be surprised if david was one of the first victims of that well and then of course it's just i mean you've got all of the dirty tricks he's told me so many stories over the years you, of course his base is working class middle class tax paying white uh, white people white families white men white women and they they, they would go to these to these major corporations say We're, you, you will lose your job if he wins we will move this company out of the state so all of that and still receiving the majority of the white vote, I mean, it's just you go back and you read his history, his autobiography. I'd love to have him back on at some point just to talk about those campaigns. I mean, as a political junkie, I'm just fascinated by it. Uh, but, of course, a lot of it is in my awakening. But but any event, uh, just just to remind you exactly who is on the air here tonight and. Uh, it is David Duke. So we had asked you, though, David, in the uh, at the top of the last segment, just a quick take, and then we're going to reset uh, before the second hour and get into censorship and some interesting things that I've seen that I think will be right up your alley. Uh, but uh, the, the situation with Russia, Keith was talking about the Durham report. Uh, I was asking you to comment on that. I think it'll be like Charlottesville. They got a guy who, was, who made the mistake of being honest. It's not going to get any play. Certainly not going to change anything. But now this, this, this war started back in February of last year. So you're, uh, you're coming up on almost a year and a half there. With, uh, and so you listen to the mainstream, you think Russia is uh, being defeated soundly by this Yeah, thing. Putin's got every That's form of lie. cancer imaginable. So wait, wait, okay, let's, just, let's just spend about 10 minutes on this. What do you think? going on in Russia right now a year and change into the situation with Zelensky the reason why Russia is demonized and the reason why Trump's demonized is because Trump said we didn't need NATO that Russia really wasn't our enemy it's a Christian country which it is openly promoting Christianity unlike the European countries today unlike America we don't do that in fact we ban nativity scenes on the steps of the White House or the Capitol or any city or state government. That happened in 1989. And by the way, when that occurrence happened, it was a Supreme Court ruling, which was supported by the, uh, guess guess what, you know, the American Civil Liberties Union at that time, led by a Jew named Glasser. And the same decision for the Supreme Court with Jewish attorneys fighting for it and so forth, for this uh, banning of Christian crosses. That same decision said we can't have Christian crosses because that's a religious symbol. 
Well, we can have Jewish menorahs. That's the oldest symbol of Judaism. We can have them on all of our public grounds. So, you know, the, this what, what, what's going on here is the Jews have taken over our government. They've taken over our media. And their enemies, they make to be our enemies. The truth is, Russians don't want to be our enemies. Russians are not communists anymore. The Russian people, in a heroic story, which should give us all inspiration and hope, even under the terrible uh, oppression of communism, the Russian people rose up and overthrew the Jewish communists who took over the country and killed millions of their fellow countrymen. I was able to work and for a long time with the great Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the Nobel Prize winner in literature, and a man who almost single-handedly overthrew the communist state in many, many ways. And he also showed in the state the people that ran the gulags, the death of literally millions and millions and millions of Christians, and also millions of Hungar uh, Hungarians, millions of, of people all over Europe, Ukrainians, the whole Demore, that these Jews have had a long-running feud with Christians and Slavic people and Russian people in Europe, and they hate Russians. And it, it's like, that's why we have this anti-Russian stuff. Russian, the Russian people overthrew communism, and without Jewish leadership, they restored the churches. They built 60,000 churches in their country. And guess what? They, they dropped the Iron Curtain. They did. They, 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 dropped the, uh, they, they dropped the wall in Berlin. Let it go down. They, they really freed all of Eastern Europe. The Iron Curtain was ended by the Russians. They're not communists anymore. But these Jews, who are most of them are even the so-called conservatives, called the neocons, neoconservatives, Leo Strauss, all these Jews that started neoconservatives were all former Trotskyite, Lev Bronstein is his real name, and Lenin, by the way, is a Jew as well. His real grandfather's name is Blank. But Lenin was a Jew, Trotsky was a Jew, all the leading Jews were there, and they killed millions of Christians. That's why they hate Russia. And that's why they're giving you all this propaganda in Russia. Russians. And they didn't hate the, the Russians because they were communists. They hated the Russians because they were Russians. Exactly. Exactly. They hated the Russians because the Russians overthrew the Jewish communists. And then once the <laughs> Russians overthrew it, they moved in to take over Russia and steal the whole resources of the country out from the Russians. Berezovsky. You know, I, I was in Russia during the early 90s. Well, excuse me. In the in, well, actually, in the middle '90s, I was there, and then I was in the early 2000s. I was I was there when Putin uh, got elected, and he started throwing out the oligarchs, these Jewish fiends who were thieves and robbers and destructiveness, and just like they are in America, the same kind of people like George Soros and all the rest of. Them. We're going to talk about him in a little while too, but um, we're going to talk about Elon Musk pointing out that Soros is an enemy of all humanity. Just like that passage I gave in the New Testament about how the Jews oppose uh, Jesus Christ and they oppose all men. They oppose all people. They oppose humanity. Elon Musk the other day said that George Soros hates humanity. They do. He also said that Larry Page, who runs Google, was trying to create a new digital god. A digital god, right? But this is a god that they want to control, to rule over us. It's really kind of scary when you think of it. And why is that? And he, he called Musk a specious, like, you know, homo sapiens is what we call uh, your, you know, the, the uh, humanity, people. And he's called him a specious. And the reason why is because Jews in general don't think of themselves, right, as part of the rest of humanity. 
they see humanity as very, very different than them. I'll give you one example. There's an article from the Times of Israel, the biggest Zionist publication in the world. And there's an article by a guy named Michael Leitman, and it's called Remembering the Holocaust, the Old, the New and Old Anti-Semitism. And in that article, this is one of the biggest publications for Jews in the world. He states in there that anti-Semitism is born into Jews by their DNA. Their genes make them anti-Semitic and they make them like Nazis. And of course, they says the worst trait in the world is being anti-Semite because then you're like a Nazi and you kill innocent people. I mean, you can't make up a worse thing. And then he says it's in the blood. It's in their genes. And then you can't make it up, man. It's a fact of nature. And then he says how Jews have to take over the Gentiles. Otherwise, there'll be another Holocaust. So so all anti-Semites are like Nazis. And, and they say this about all non-Jews. You see, they, they see humanity as an enemy of theirs in general. Well, and they that's see what's humanity in the humanity except for Jews as being subhuman. Exactly. I mean, that sounds horrible and sounds hateful. And later on in the broadcast, I'll talk about something else that's not so much directly about the New Testament. But it's all about, uh, I can quote to you from the leading Jewish website, and one of the leading in the world, My Jewish Learning. And it explains how does a Jew have to, does a religious Jew have to believe in God? And the answer is no. And how Judaism has evolved. And the people they feature in this article over the last few centuries are Jews that say that Jewish, even rabbis, don't have to believe in God. And by the way, you can look up, if you Google Jews, do Jews believe in afterlife? Like they, do something happens to you and you die. Whether you go to heaven or you go to hell. They don't. So if you don't believe in afterlife, if you don't believe, if you don't believe there's any afterlife, right? Then what do you believe in? You know, do you should do you have to worry about keeping moral laws or anything like that? And if you don't believe in God, are you worried about being punished by doing terrible things to people, such as the LBGTism and ripping out the organs of young kids? I mean, I hate to say this that's this right. way, but this no, is all that's right. factual. It's something that stares you in the face, and if, once you realize it, so this whole war in Ukraine, to sum it yeah, up, back the war in Ukraine is a war against the Ukrainian Christian people of that country. It's a war against Europe. It's a war against Russia. It's a, they, the Ukrainians are Cossacks. They come from the Rus, the same people of Russia, of Belarusia, and Ukraine. It was a kingdom, the Rus Empire. And they hate Ukrainians. They call them Cossacks. That's a symbol of Ukraine. And I can go to another My Jewish Learning site, for instance, and talk about Cossacks, how Cossacks were some of the worst murderers of Jews. And what, the, what they're doing right now, they could not win this war from the beginning. They're not going to win the war. They've lost the war. But they haven't lost it. The Jews left. They are helped by their Jewish president and their Jewish prime minister. No, the, no, they, the they love it because both Ukrainians and Russians are like Gentiles. Well, we got and, th and they killed. love the fact that Ukrainians are dying we, even more because got, that's Ukraine, right? That's where they live and that's where they want to control. Well, is the system going to get its I want to move off of this at the top of the next hour because we've got so much more to cover. But is the system going to get its way with Putin and Russia at the end of the day like it so often does? Or is, is I understand Putin... they tried to assassinate him with a drone recently. 30 seconds. we got 30 seconds. Go. I hope and pray not. And he, he's on the right side. Our country, our government is against the people of this country. It's not the Russians that are a problem, not even the Chinese. The problem is the people that are destroying our own people in Europe and America who are led by these Jews who hate our race and hate all 
of humanity. Hey, and they, <laughs> and they provoke this war. DavidDuke.com. DavidDuke.com. That's where you need to be. This is a very special installment of TPC, an extended discussion with David Duke, an evening with David Duke, uh, and it will continue in the next hour. So stay tuned. We're going to take a couple of minutes break and let everybody catch their breath, and then we'll be right back at it. Hill is proud to announce the release of a new translation, Leon de Grel in Exile, by Jose Luis Jerez Reisco. Readers of The Burning Souls will already be familiar with de Grel's life before and during the Second World War, his service on the Eastern Front, and his involuntary post-war exile in Franco, Spain. This new work tells the story of his life in exile in detail, replete with first-hand accounts from Spanish nationalists and friends of de Grel. During his time in Spain, de Grel did not wallow in sadness. Despite the atrocities inflicted upon him and his family by the victorious Allied powers, he stayed remarkably active in European nationalist politics and left a lasting impression on both his personal friends and those from around the European world who took inspiration from his tenacious idealism. De Grel's enduring legacy in Spain is well-deserved. Such a legacy also deserves to be spread to both sides of the Atlantic and beyond. Antelope Hill is proud to be the first to bring this unparalleled biography to the English reader, Get Leon DeGrell in exile today at antelopehillpublishing.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel Body Armor and an Army Ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com. Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. You're listening to The Political Cess Pool, on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool. Known across the South and worldwide 
as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Our very special evening with David Duke continues right now with us for not just uh, the bulk of one, but two hours tonight. And, of course, David Duke, the former member of the Louisiana State House of Representatives, former gubernatorial nominee and nominee for United States Senate out of the Republican Party. Uh, He got to be such a threat, the sitting president of the United States, George Bush, had to come and denounce his party's own nominee in Louisiana. They pulled out all the tricks, and they barely stopped him. Folks, if you aren't familiar with some of those campaigns, and I still maintain that it was probably some election fraud well, involved in it, too. There was a lot of outside influences, to be sure. But in any event, we continue now. Uh, we don't have to reintroduce him. I don't think he needs an introduction at all, but I do like to impress upon uh, just how high he rose and how fast and what a big threat he was, which is why he is probably the most attacked American, if not the most attacked man in the world. Living American. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, uh, so here's, David, I want to present what I'm about to tell you. Just give me a minute to set it up, and then we'll really we'll really dive into this, uh, because I'm going to take a minute to set the table on this, because I think it is absolutely remarkable, and I want to try to do that without getting bogged down into elements of, of World War II, which they love to mire us down with, but on... May the 10th, so just last week, the ADL posted this. This was their tweet on Twitter. Uh, On this day in 1933, students across Germany burned over 25,000 books. In this event, we lost invaluable records of Jewish history that could have benefited future generations, which is one reason why it's important we learn to never forget and continue advocating for Holocaust education. That was the ADL's post to Twitter on May the 10th. What I'm about to read to you, ladies and gentlemen, is astonishing. I am not going through the hundreds of replies to this and cherry-picking a few random examples to try to make uh, a point or uh, to have some confirmation bias. These are typical. Now, what I'm going to read is just the first 20 or so right from the top, just straight down. And I read through these exhaustively, and I couldn't find anything uh, except for comments like this. But I'm just going to read the top 20 from the time it was posted through comment number 20, just to give you an idea. These are some of the responses to the tweet that I just read. On March 24th, 1933, World Judea declared holy war on Germany. Global economic boycott of German origin goods attacked others and claimed that uh, their provocation, uh, the response to the provocation resulted in persecution. Another comment. What books could you specify? What was in these books? Are you sure it wasn't six million books burned? Because that would take a lot longer than one night. Uh, Continuing on, what books did they burn? Another comment. Books on gender ideology and transgenderism, as well as the teachings of Marx, the most evil and death-causing doctrine ever to be to be spoken. The Frankfurt School was pure evil. Cultural Marxism suffered a blow, but it slowly crept back in. Another comment. Did they burn your precious pederast manuals? Another comment. A quote of the scriptures here. John chapter 8, verse 44, King James Version. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. Another comment. What were the books about? Can you tell us the topics they discussed? Another comment. What were these invaluable books? I doubt it was Old Testament books. Another comment. 
What was in these books? Any records? Another comment. What were the titles of the books they burned? Another comment. Anti-Semitism is believing what your ancestors said about Jews instead of believing what Jews say about your ancestors. Another comment. Uh, they never told you what books they were burning. It goes on and on and on like this. What books specifically? I think it's important to clarify the history. Otherwise, you people get to deny it. Uh, one comment. Her name was Mary Fagan. Uh, so this is the point. And I could go on and on and on and on. There are hundreds of comments like that, which we were talking about a, a, something an, another person said recently in last week's show, David. And the, and the quote yep. was, never has the anti-racist left been so powerful or so ridiculous. And also never have we faced greater censorship or had so much popular appeal. Does it surprise you? These people, uh, you know, before I was banned on Twitter, you were banned from Twitter a couple of years ago now. But I'm looking no. through the screen names or the handle, the Twitter handles of the people leaving these comments, and I don't recognize any of them. So it leads me to believe that there are a lot of people out there who are beginning to get it or at least question some New certain people. things that are not currently populating our ranks. Does it surprise you that a post like that would get that much natural and organic pushback from yeah. the people? That's pretty pointed and remarkable comments. Well, that's why. That's the reason for that is really clear. <clears throat> because. It's like you're in a room. I don't care if you're in Congress or in media or government or campaign funding or whatever. And it's like it's a great big giant mastodon in the room. You know, <laughs> it's like dinosaur <laughs> size, right? Not the gorilla and, in the room, but the mastodon and, and, in the room. Yeah, mastodon, right. <clears throat> and uh, you could say it's a mammoth, too. That means big. But <clears throat> mastodons are pretty good when it sounds strong. But Jewish power is absolutely real. Jewish supremacy, that doesn't, I'm not talking about the fact that they are supreme over us in any way morally or even intellectually. They're not. But they are supreme in their power over us because if you can control the major media and the Hollywood movie industry and radio and television, even sports broadcasting and turn it into a propaganda means like they do with ESPN, by Disney. Disney, which was run by a great Christian, Walt Disney, is now something that's promoting and trying to make your kids homosexual. Great, huh? Maybe promote your kids to believe that they're, they're not even of their own sex, that they were born. Now, the, the percentage of kids identified with the other <clears throat> sex, male or female, just 20 years ago, was minuscule. It was like zero. Now it's 10%. Now, we didn't change biologically that much in the last 20 years or 30 years. So what happened? This is propaganda. This is evil. And those kind of books that they burned, the books like pedophilia, what they burned, pornography was one of the biggest things they burned. Now, I don't believe in book burning, but let me tell you something. What they do today to freedom and truth is far worse than book burning because like one Catholic <clears throat> spoke speaker once told me, and I've heard Protestants say the same thing, is that he says they're not so concerned about burning books, you know, of, of their books. They said if they burn the books, you kind of know about them. At least you recognize their existence. A big deal is made about it, right? But what they do is they quietly censor it and suppress it. And they do that through the search engines, which they control. And they control our minds in so many ways.
And I, I talked today, and what I've been doing a lot of research on recently, and since we had a little more time today, this is kind of a good idea. So I talked to the religious aspect of Judaism about how anti-Christ it is and how anti every sort of morality it is, by the way. And the, their belief is that only Jews are men. I can show you that not just in the Talmud, but in the Jewish Encyclopedia, which was the biggest book of the entirety of world Judaism back in 1920s and 30s, how the Talmud says very clearly that only Jews are people. The truth is that Judaism is really a belief, not so much in God, but is in Jews. And this is what people don't know. Judaism is a religion based upon race. It's a racial religion. More Hold racial on right religion, there. I know I took a little bit of extra time to set that one up, but thankfully we've got extra time to spend. We're going to give it to David to run through it when we come back. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8, 44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the Lion of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. entire commercial break scrolling through the comments to this thread that we were talking about at the or this post rather this tweet from the ADL which we were talking about at the top of the last segment and I still haven't found one of anybody supporting. Well, here's just five more. Oh, you mean the books about transgenderism, communist literature, pornography, the books that blasphemed against Christianity? Are those the invaluable records of Jewish history you mentioned? I bet the replies aren't going the way you thought they would. Another comment, these comments give me so much hope. Another comment, the ADL is an anti-white organization. And finally, but you're in favor of censorship, and that's the thing that's interesting, David. They they lament this uh, the book burning of uh, uh, here, but yeah, they have the done everything censors they and they're against censorship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, but they're and all the communism. They need. kill people for possessing a. They killed many thousands of people in Russia for possessing a Bible. Are 
a crucifix or a cross on their neck. They tortured them. I mean, you can't make this up. In, in Ukraine, they killed 7 to 11 million. But all you ever hear about Ukraine is Baba Yar, where 40,000 Jews were allegedly killed. They don't, you don't hear about the 10 million Christians, Ukrainians, Cossacks, really, because that's, that's what the Ukrainians were, Cossacks and Rus. The Cossacks were murdered by the Jews. They were starved to death, mainly women and children. Women couldn't even feed their babies. See, they don't talk about this. But I'm going to shock some of you a little bit because we're going to go into a different path than we've ever talked about in this program. And I want to give you an understanding about Judaism. I know you're not supposed to attack other religions, but you've got to understand that Judaism is not like any other religion on earth. It's the most Cultural racial religion ethnic identity. So let me, yes, exactly. Let me give you an example. All right, this is from the article, My Jewish Learning, and about you have to be, believe in God to be a Jew. And it goes through how even historical Judaism, Maimonides was the most famous Jewish philosopher. He's in the Talmud as well, uh, back in the Middle Ages, right? And he says, the actual principles articulated by Maimonides were not terribly revolutionary. What was revolutionary was Maimonides' claim that belief in these principles was essential to one's Jewish identity. Traditionally, listen to this, folks, Jewish identity had been defined biologically. According to rabbinic Judaism, if one's mother was Jewish, then one was Jewish regardless of one's actions and belief. And they go back, literally, the Jewish priest class has to be shown to have only Jewish mothers for a thousand years, even that's impossible, two thousand years, two thousand genera- a thousand generations. I mean, it's really kind of amazing, or maybe hundreds of generations back. And then it, then it goes and says, modern, um, modern Jewish thinkers, particularly liberal theologians, have tried to reclaim the rabbinic attitude toward the belief, right? And they go on to say, now most of the thinkers, uh, uh, anyway, they, this is what they say, the evolution of God. Now, they even evolved how Judaism thinks of God. Eric Fromm, his radical interpretations for the Hebrew Bible, quote, you shall be as gods. This is what really Jews believe, that they are believed they're the tissue of God, and they are superior to all other people, and they have a right to rule other people. That's what they really believe. God becomes progressively less real and relevant in traditional Jewish literature. Wow. He says that at the beginning of the Bible, God is an absolute ruler who can and does destroy the world when he's not happy with it. In the next stage, however, God relinquishes his absolute power by making a covenant. The covenant. And what was the covenant, by the way? It was with one people, above all other people, supposedly. God's power is limited because it's subject to the terms of the covenant, right? The third stage of God's evolution, or devolution, comes from his relations with Moses, in which he presents himself as a nameless God. The evolution of God doesn't stop with the Bible. Ironically, Maimonides takes it further by positing that nothing can be said about God. He says, we, we can venture to say that God isn't, but God's positive attributes are unthinkable. And then it goes on in the more recent discussion. Howard Wettstein, a philosopher, goes on to say, Riverside, Webster's vision of Judaism is more traditional than Fromm's, and yet he gives more credence to the Jew who rejects the supernatural God. In other words, rejects God being God, that basically God is the Jews. Wettstein acknowledges the object of this awe as God. He does, however, propose that this awe, a meaningful life it helps to create, is available to a naturalist who rejects a supernatural God. In other words, God is represented in the people. Quote, Wettstein is not interested in philosophical reductions of the idea God is what God is, and attempts to say the word God really refers to some aspect of natural world, whether he accepts the imagery of a Jewish God and God as 
<laughs> as Jews. In other words, and by the way, if you can look up any Google research, as I was telling you earlier, just type in, do, do religious Jews believe in an afterlife? Do Jews believe in an afterlife? The answer is no. No. They don't believe in heaven. They don't believe in hell. And so what are they going to do? You're going to achieve power over other people, whatever you can do, because you're not going to be punished for anything bad you do, and you're not going to be saved by any generous God. Because well, David, no let me ask you this. Do they believe they are God then, and that uh, maybe they're living the afterlife? I was, I was going to give one here. example. To, this is going to be very critical now in this program, and it's something that explains everything, and it was a very popular article in a in the most powerful Jewish website in the world. It's called Times of Israel. Yes, Times of Israel. It's promoted not by a bunch of radical Jews off in the desert somewhere, by billionaire Jews. Billionaire Jews. Joel Nelson was one of those Jews. Many other Jews. Right? And it, it's called Remembering the Holocaust. What's new about the old anti-Semitism? And it's written by the president of Bernay Baruch Kabbalah Foundation. Kabbalah is from the Zohar in, in the Talmud. It's a vicious book of black magic and all sorts of evil. And it's just amazing to read it, right? But he goes on to teach people that anti-Semitism is the worst thing in the history of the world. The worst thing is the most evil thing, and this is what the Nazis were. And anybody's an anti-Semite is like they're a Nazi. They're going to kill children. That's what they want to say the Nazis did. Well, you have to decide for yourselves about that if you ever read both sides of the story. The truth is that Jews killed a lot more women and children. They killed a lot more people, civilians in war, than the Germans ever thought about, and in, in the peacetime even with the communists. He said, quote, now, this is what he says. So he says that I mean, uh, anti-Semitism is on the rise and that, we, that the people of the world cannot escape anti-Semitism. In other words, all the people of the world, by the way, who are 99.8% of the population, including all the European peoples, all the Asian peoples, all the Mexican peoples, the South Americans, African. Africans, all people, right? That all people in the world, all humanity, except for Jews, right? This is what he says. Anti-Semitism, it's in their genes and in their blood. It's a law of nature. And then it goes on to say that we don't have to worry about what the Gentiles do. We've got to worry about what we do, and we have to correct them. And then he goes on to say, quote, he even quotes Isaiah, and he says, so what's on the horizon? That everyone will gang up against the Jews, Antichrist Jews, until Jews open their eyes and realize they have no choice but to activate the spirit of connectedness. In other words, global racial identity, well, they already have that connectedness. There's no, no people on earth that fight more for their own race than Jews do. They are the ultimate racial supremacists. And he says, only in this case will anti-Semitism cease. And what cases he say will anti-Semitism will cease? Quote, and he quotes, from Isaiah, and all nations will acknowledge and recognize Israel's merit over them. Israel over them, Jews over Christians, over non-Jewish people, until the realization of the words and the people shall take them and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel shall possess them. How what are you saying right David there? To uh, one worldism, is that in other words, exactly one world government, and the Jews are going to be in charge. Exactly. Exactly. You know, Ben-Gurion, who was the first prime minister of Israel, he even said he doesn't believe in a supernatural God. He doesn't believe in God. But he issued a prophecy. It was actually published in Look magazine. They asked many people around the world to say what the belief for the world would be like in a few years, in a few decades. 
from when he did this. And he said he believed that uh, that over time, all all listen to this, all armies will be abolished. A truly united race of nations will grow up, and its headquarters will be in Israel. Israel, where they will build a shrine to the prophets. We're talking about Christianity here. We're talking about Judaism. This is the United Nations under the control of Jews. I mean, you can't make it up. And there, a Supreme Court will be established, right, which will decide all, you know, questions between mankind. All armies will be abolished. A Supreme Court of the world. This is what this is what Ben Gurion even said in the Look magazine article that he viewed for the world. Yet he was a guy that didn't believe in God. What he's talking about there is Jewish rule over the world. Now, that may sound crazy, but remember, communism was a Jewish movement. My book, The Secret Behind Communism, shows that. I mean, Solzhenitsyn proved that to me beyond a shadow of a doubt when I was working with him in Russia. Communism is a Jewish movement. And the communists, from the very beginning time of it, Karl Marx and beyond down, all these Jews and communists all over the world, they led it all over the world, including America, Canada, Europe, Hungary, Germany, everywhere. They had the Communist Party in Germany was a Jew. We can go on. Hungary was a Jew. It was everywhere. So what they, what communism was, it was a world movement to control the world. And the chief biographer, Winston Churchill, talks about how the Jews made Churchill an asset for the Jews. And that, that Leon Trotsky, the, the first head of the Red Army of Russia, believed that, that Jews would rule the world through communism. And he doesn't refute that in his book called Churchill and the Jews. And this is a, the Jewish official British biographer of Winston Churchill. This Let's is kind of things break. that you have to understand. And maybe when you understand the folk two segments, two segments left with David Duke. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Richard Johnson. Contentious may be putting it mildly as House Republicans and Democrats listen to some FBI officials talk about retaliation over blowing the whistle on what they say was the Bureau targeting conservatives. I sacrificed my dream job to share this information with the American people I humbly ask all the members to do your jobs and consider the merit. Former FBI agent Steve Friend says he was suspended after expressing concern about how the Bureau was handling cases related to January 6th. But as for his whistleblower status... These are not whistleblowers. They've been determined by the agency not to be whistleblowers. Are you deciding that they're whistleblowers? Yes, the law decides. Did you not listen to Mr. Levitt's testimony? That's panel chair Jim Jordan and Democrat Debbie Wasserman Schultz. It's not often we see a unanimous ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court, but all nine justices all agree social media companies cannot be held liable for terrorist attacks because some people use the platforms to spread terrorist ideology. It's a bipartisan group of House members who've introduced a bill to mandate that all cars be equipped with AM radios. Several automakers are not putting AM into their electric vehicles, citing interference generated by the electric motors. Others have found ways to work around that. Several news agencies say they've confirmed that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis will file the paperwork with the Federal Election Commission next week and officially become a candidate for the Republican presidential nomination. He's expected to formally kick off the campaign with an event after Memorial Day in his hometown of Dunedin, Florida. President Biden's at the G7 summit in Japan. Top aides say there will not be any arm twisting at the table when it comes to China. Russia and Ukraine are expected to also be top topics. 
Pro Golf's second major of the season, the PGA Championship, is underway. Justin Thomas is the defending champ going into round one at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester, New York. This is USA News. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want a plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. had a, a a killer a discussion off the air during the break and we're going to try to weave some of this in now with only 30 minutes remaining with our featured guest of the evening it's gone by quickly now we're gonna to have to speed things up because time is getting shorter and there's still several things i want to cover we want to get to elon musk and i want to end uh, with a little more of a retrospective with david but david we were talking about donald trump and uh, I mentioned last week that I thought that he gave a particularly good performance in his CNN town hall. Uh, he made mention of the fact that uh, he's still sort of disinvesting people's hope in the system, which I think we need in order to have a future on this continent. People, are, We're not going to reform the system. It is too criminally corrupt with regards to the elections and, and the media and the government. He's saying you cannot, with regards to the E. Jean Carroll verdict, you cannot get a, a fair trial. I think that's important, and it's very true. It's important for people to understand that. And then, of course, you have this whole situation with, with the arrest, the indictments that he's facing, more to come out of Atlanta, to be sure. And what it points out, too, is this. What do Vladimir Putin, <laughs> Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, George Maloney, all these people have in common? All of them kiss Jewish behinds, and the Jews hate them hate their guts nonetheless but in any event i think trump is our best chance at destabilizing the system the jews certainly see him the system yeah, certainly see right. him as an avatar for wise but you, you were you were bringing up let's talk about that let's talk about musk but where do you want to talk well, about with trump where he stands now in terms of what he can do uh we've only got two little segments left and i just want to emphasize a couple of points and this is part of it right what you're going to talk about trump here understand the reason they hated Trump. He, he gave he gave Israel every lip service in the world. But they all do that, right? Biden does that. They all give Israel everything they want. They give them billions of dollars of taxpayers' money. They fight trillion dollars of wars with thousands and thousands of American casualties and damage to this country, like in the Iraq War, based on lies. It was a war for Israel. They, they, they did the same thing in Afghanistan. It was not necessary. If they wanted to go get bin Laden, they could have got him. We didn't need to be in Afghanistan. All those deaths, all those sad American mothers and fathers and, and wives and so forth, back home and children. This was, these were Jewish wars. This is because there's a common denominator in all this. It's Jewish power. It was Jewish media power like the New York Times that created this war. It was Jewish government power that did it. The Iraq 
war was a Jewish war. It's even talked about by Jewish publications. And when Trump got elected, he was against NATO. And the reason why he's against NATO, because he knows that the Russian nation is a Christian nation. Day. The average Russian agrees 100 times more with the average positions of the average American than does the Congress of the United States <laughs> as a whole, than does the media as a whole. The, 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 the government of this country is an enemy of the people. Russia is not an enemy of the people. So let's go into Trump a little bit, right? So he got elected. And the first thing they did was try to say that the election was stolen. Well, it wasn't stolen at all. And they tried to say Russians did it. They didn't do it. They created this lie. That was the real coup d'etat. That was the real overthrow of the rebellion against the government. If you want an insurrection, that's what it was. And they tried to allege all this stuff with the, with, uh, you know, the, the Russia gate and all this stuff about, uh, you know, urination gate and all that crap. But the, everybody leading it from the very beginning, it was financed by Singer. <laughs> who is a big Jew pro-LGBT queer, who is one of the biggest funders in the Republican Party. You know how they try to control both Whites and the Democratic Party. That's not exactly a Republican position. Like it's because one of Jews want to Exactly. So he, he was the guy that created the Steele dossier. And that was done by also, and it was turned over when they couldn't, when these leftist publications like the Beacon and these other so-called neoconservative publications, Jewish owned, they couldn't survive. So they turned it over to the Democrats. Elias, who was the big, Elias, the big Democratic guy, Jew, and Sussman, he was actually charged with uh, felony, you know, uh, you know, plagiarism, not plagiarism, what's the word for it? Uh, lying under oath, felony. Uh, you know, oh, and then everything, Rosenstein, they orchestrated getting out sessions and they got Rosenstein to appoint the prosecutor. They had Jamie Raskin leading the impeachment. The impeachment was led by uh, Schiff, right, in the House Intelligence Committee, Ingalls in the International Relations Committee, and Nadler in the Judiciary Committee. Boy, it is a judiciary today, let me tell you, like <laughs> Roberta Kaplan. Now, the, the, the whole case, by the way, the criminal case in Manhattan, by the way, is, is it's, un, it's under a black uh, prosecutor right now. But the, the, the prosecutors that led the case against Trump, where this is founded on, was a Jew, Right. And in fact, he got mad because the black prosecutor wasn't pursuing it hard enough. He resigned in protest and he basically forced the black uh, DA to go ahead and prosecute the case. Otherwise, he was going to be ashamed. That was a Jew there and behind that. Right. We can just keep going on and on and on the case, the, the Carroll case, E. Jean Carroll. She's Jewish. I got a Jewish website right in front of me that says, you know, you know, Jewish. Jewish woman, you know, claims Trump raped her, right? Jewish woman and and sexually assaulted her and blah, blah, blah. And and this and so this is a Jewish website. She's Jewish. Her lawyer was Roberta Kaplan, the same one that bank that's is bankrupting many, many patriots standing up for us in this country, the Charlottesville cases. Right. And I, I've got an article, in fact, from uh, none other. Let me get it for you. It's kind of amazing to think about all this stuff. Yeah, this is this is actually from Google, and it says Roberta Kaplan uh, in the in the E. G. Carroll case. She's the attorney for it, and the judge's name is Kaplan. And the Google goes out of its way to say, and this is from a uh, CNBC article that they quote, but it's it's a big quote on this one. When I, when I when I actually search for Roberta Kaplan. Judge Kaplan and Eugene Carroll. And they go out of their way to say, well, Kaplan, Roberta Kaplan and the Judge Kaplan are not related. 
but they are related. Because practically every Jew in the world, according to Jewish top geneticists, are like fifth cousins. The chance of you meeting somebody in the world as your fifth cousin is like 201. And a lot of Jews are third and fourth cousins. I guarantee you she's probably a lot more than a fifth cousin. She's both got the same name. She's both Ashkenazi Jew. She's probably way more than a fifth cousin. But Jews are related. All Jews are taught from the time they're born. And again, Jews are primarily a racial group. And they have organizations that stand up for Jews. And they don't care whether the Jew's an atheist or they are the, the Jews are a believer in God. That it's a, a kinship group. It's it was It's a partisan you know, racist organization that openly mandates that they're working for the people, the interest of Jews and the advancement uh, you know, of but Jewish But at the power. same time, I, got, I, I see what you're saying, but we need to be, you know, Keith, you've said this before. If you want to know what's working, see what the left's doing. We need to be a lot more like them in terms of our ethnocentricity and building up a, a wall like they've got. And we could learn if we, could, if we mimic a lot of their activities, we'd be a lot better off. But it's ironic, isn't it? I mean, I mean here we have a situation. Here's, here's Israel. Now, they've got laws in Israel. You cannot perform a marriage between a Jew and a Gentile. And by the way, they only care about the person if he's a Jew by blood or a Gentile by blood. They don't care about, they, they, they don't care that you're religious. It's not a religious law. It is a racial law. Yeah. And they can't marry in Israel. They can't have a public ceremony. You can't have a, a legal ceremony for marriage in Israel. Now, I remember I was overseas a few years ago. I'm from South Louisiana, and one of the parts of my old district was Hammond, Louisiana. And Hammond, Louisiana is like, it's, it's just a country place, right? And there was a justice of the peace in Hammond, Louisiana, who was a very strong Christian. And this woman, white woman, came with a black and wanted to, him to marry her. And he was very polite to the couple. He said, look, you know, you do whatever you want. You have a right to be married. It's against my faith, you know, and I, I don't believe in, in intermarriage. So I'd rather you go to another justice of the peace just for doing that. That was a worldwide story about how evil people in Louisiana, because they wouldn't allow an interracial marriage, just one justice of the peace. And like he was, he was like a Nazi evil person. Israel doesn't even allow a single marriage to be performed in Israel. <laughs> I mean, you can't make it up, right? But, but how do they hide this from you? How do they keep this from you? How do they do it? Because they control the media. Then they control the power structure. Now, I'm going to play, I'm going to play Musk real quickly and he, with a real important thing here. I'm going to, let me see if I can play it for you about a digital god. You ready? Larry Page, yeah. I used to be close friends, and I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto, and I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety. And at least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, What did he say about it? He really seemed to be one um, one sort of digital superintelligence, basically digital god, if you will. Uh, digital god. Uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that. Yes, and he's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence, or artificial superintelligence. You know, and I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so, if if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take a set of actions that maximize probably it will do good, and minimize probably it will do bad things. Let me play the end of this now. The AI to lie. Yes. At the time. Uh, right, hold on, David. David, let's Google, get back to this uh, at the in, at the top of the next segment. I hear the music, and we'll play the second half of this clip and get your response to it. One more segment with David Duke. 
former member of the Louisiana State House of Representatives, gubernatorial and senatorial nominee for the Republican Party, author, and so much more. DavidDuke.com. We'll be right back with you. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly, devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas, like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. I think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since I was little, I was taught that smoking was wrong. Recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs. I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Former Sheriff Richard Mack recounts in his book the proper role of law enforcement, how he came to realize while working as a beat cop how wrong the all-too-common orientation of police officers is when they think of their job as being to write tickets and arrest people. Richard Mack tells of his personal transformation from by-the-number cop to constitution-conscious defender of citizen safety and freedoms. Learn what it really means to serve and protect. Purchase your copy at CSPOA.org. That's CSPOA.org. Do you know what is great about America? Ask an Immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. Just like, uh, just as organizations like the ADL certainly don't uh, concern themselves with their hypocrisy on censorship, but Elon Musk seems to be have a little bit of schizophrenia on the topic as well. He talks a big game, whereas uh, more and more people are, are getting purged every day uh, from his platform. Whether he knows it or not, we don't know. Uh, but that's who we're talking about now. And David has just—I well, think he's getting a realization how powerful yeah, these go. people are, and and he wants to survive. He doesn't want to be destroyed. He wants to be some sort of a voice. So he's trying to go right up next to the envelope, right? And uh, I, I would agree with that. People... I, I, I want to say, I, 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 even though I was banned, it, I even though I don't Donald believe in Paul self-censorship, Trump. and I don't think he should do that, but I, I understand what he's doing. Let me play the rest I of still, no, I, I, I just want to say, I want to be clear too, though. I still have a favorable opinion over all of Musk, and I'll certainly take. Oh, I do over, too. Yeah. So you know, even though me and you are both banned, go. Well, listen to this now. This is this is really amazing when you think about this. Here we go. I said, well, what about, you know, we've got to make sure humanity's okay here. Um, <laughs> about AI. <laughs> and, 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 um, uh, and then he called me a speciest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did, he use, did he use that term? As in uh, homo sapiens, you know, as people. Okay. And there were witnesses. To, I wasn't the only one there when he called me a speciest. And so I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, I've, yes, I'm a speciest. Okay. You got me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> the answer to that is he's a Jew. <laughs> yeah, I'm full 
totally a species. Um, and he doesn't consider himself um, like the rest of humanity. So, a, a different um, species. That was his last troll. At the time, uh, Google uh, had acquired DeepMind, and so Google and DeepMind together had about three quarters of all the uh, AI talent in the world. They obviously had a tremendous amount of money and uh, more computers than anyone else. What's happening is they're training the AI to lie. Yes. It's bad. To lie. To That's lie. exactly right. And to withhold yes. information. To lie and, and yes, you comment on some things, not comment on other things, but but not to say what it, what, what the data uh, actually uh, demands that it say. So, Wow. Man. Well, you know, that's now interesting that because a, a lot of the AI, a lot of the early AI were getting shut down because they're computers, so they're trying to pick up on patterns and data. Yeah, and well, they, well, they, they, see, they want a digital god that they can control. And what they present to the world, you see, when they talk about being a religion and we believe in God, the New Testament says it all the way through. How do you know who the Antichrist is? Yeah, just go to the person who says that, you know, just encounter, encounter the person that says, I'm of the Father, but not of the Son. He said, that's who the Antichrist is. That's how you know who identified the Antichrist is. And so they say, they, they try to create this God who says, Jews are the chosen people of God. So you've got to support Jews by supporting God. But Jews are behind every sort of evil you can name. And the New Testament is about a new revelation. It's about a new covenant with those that accept Jesus Christ, which is a very different attitude uh, than, than obviously the Jews. So it's just, he also says, by the way, he also talks about George Soros. I don't have time to play that thing, but uh, he, he said he talks about George Soros and he got in big trouble for comparing George Soros to this, uh, this Marvel hero or whatever the, the X-Men hero, uh, named, uh, um, Magento, 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 uh, I can't pronounce it anyway. So this, he was supposed to be a Holocaust survivor, but he's like the ultimate villain. And he got in real trouble for this, right? And these two Jews wrote an article in the Washington Post about how anti-Semitic all that was. And then he's being interviewed by another Jew on CNBC. And this so Jew says, well, you, you got to be careful. You know, are you anti-Semitic? And, and Musk says, no. He says, I'm... I'm pro-Jewish or pro-Semitic or whatever. He doesn't know what, he, but that's a good way to answer him. Yeah, but he's also against Jewish racism. But anyway, he didn't say that, but he should have. But then he goes on to say that George Soros, and, he's, and he said, but you said George Soros, you know, was the enemy of all humanity. That George Soros was trying to destroy the fabric of Western civilization. And Musk said, yes, I believe that. It's true. He's an enemy of all humanity. And that's the perfect way, to, we're not finished quite of the interview, but that's kind of the perfect way to circle back and go into what I was talking to you about earlier and about the article by Latham from the, you know, from the Times of Israel, which states very clearly, very clearly, that, quote, the people who are anti-Semites are like Nazis, that this is born into anti-science in their genes, in their genes, that's their essence. And that the only, you know, and that, and that, so there, he's basically saying that all the goyim of the world, all the non-Jews of the world, in the whole world, that's 99.8% of the population of the earth. Get this in your mind, folks. And if you're a Gentile, if you're a Christian, Gentile, or you're a Christian of any kind, or a Gentile of any kind, or any race, that's your mother, your father, your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your friends, your family, your grandparents. That is a goyim. And you are basically evil 
and you're not even truly, in a real sense, a human being, because you are you are evil. And that's exactly that's the words he used, folks. That's no argument in that. He, that's the words he used. He said, "Quote," he said, "These the the, the non-Jews of the world are in fact." anti-Semitism is in their genes. It's in their blood. It's a fact of life. So he says they're like Nazis. And he says the only thing we could do is take over, correct them, control them. In fact, the, the Israel must possess them. The Jews of the world must rule them, just well, like David, Ben Gorion was talking about. Let me, it's you, amazing. You're talking about the censorship of AI, how they're trying to reprogram AI now. That sounded like Tucker Carlson interviewing Elon Musk. Of course, Tucker just got censored. And then I was thinking back while you were speaking just a moment ago about how we were talking earlier, of course, and we've mentioned throughout the night, your electoral success, how close you came uh, to very, very real power and what they had to do to stop you. But even back then, even back in the early 90s, and even beyond that, it was not unusual at all to see you being interviewed by Wolf Blitzer or Bill O'Reilly or any of these very major... I was on Meet the Press know, three the times. Press, meet the Press. Yeah, see, all the biggest Today's show biggest with TV Barbara shows. Walters. Don, you interviewed me. I was on Evening see, News many, many times. Peter Jennings. You, well, you were everywhere. Chancellor. You were everywhere. Many times. God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but right. you've been covered by everybody, but you were also given the opportunity to speak for yourself. That, those opportunities have been entirely disallowed, you know, going back now yeah, 10, right. 15 years. You know, that, that, all, that all dried up. But uh, it, by the way, one of the people who interviewed you just passed away. I know you were very sad to see Jerry Springer be called home to his eternal life. <laughs> But uh, anyway, those appearances. People, but... <laughs> those, those interviews. Right, but again, I don't wish anybody bad. No, no, no. But I, you know I, what? I say that just. But no, I got to ask you question, that, though. Though, though. That's gone, and, and, and Tucker's gone, and AI, they're trying to reprogram the censorship and the repression. But it's still, you know, going back to that, just that one example we gave earlier this hour, it seems like more and more people are speaking out than even they I were when it was less restrictive. Well, well, James, you and, your, and our friend, and, and everybody listening, you got to understand something. They're trying to shut down your brain. They're trying to take over part of your body. They're, they're, they, this, this is the biggest danger to freedom, free thought, your, whatever your religious thoughts are, whatever your political thoughts are, whatever your ideals are. And, and by the way, the other day they had a hearing in Washington, D.C. So, again, remember what Musk, what Musk said vital things, that Soros not just was an enemy of Western civilization, he was an enemy of humanity. And that's exactly what Musk said, by the way, about Larry Page. He wants a digital god, a, a god that they can control. Here's a headline from the Washington Post, right, that uh, uh, American Congress is requested to require a license to build AI. They want you to have a license to build artificial intelligence. Why do they want that? Because they only want it to be controlled by the big boys. Because they want to control AI to control your mind and to influence you in all these ways. So, I mean, here, here I'll just give you the start and of the, the story. And the big boys are Jewish power and influence. Well, and if left uncovered, well, the guy, AI the guy would, that would draw the same conclusions we have. Yeah, the guy that the, the guy that that lectured Congress and said we have to have a control. Open eyes startup behind J, uh, Chat GPT wants the U.S. to consider mandating licenses for companies to develop powerful artificial intelligence. So the Congress, 
Now, the CEO, first appearance of Congressional Palace, CEO Sam Altman, Jewish, is set to advocate licensing and registration requirements for AI with certain capabilities, written testimony, because they want this to be controlled by them and only one. All right. So, hey, they, David, I gotta... so Larry Page wants a digital God, but they want a God controlled by them the same way that they're controlling the image of God all over the world in movies by acting like the Jews have a special covenant with God today. But according to Christian theology and Christian New Testament, that's not true. The, the, the connection between the average Christian and most people is between individuals and God. But Jews Chosen want you to think are that God Jews, is a They are Christians now. I get, this is an important question with only two minutes remaining. I'll remind everybody, DavidDuke.com. You can keep up with him there. This is like uh, basic, important, vital stuff to understanding your life, folks, and understanding and what's going on in the world today. At, at the website and on his show at Rinse Radio. But i got to ask you this. You call me a white man. And I don't take offense to that. That's what I am. We call most uh, of our black uh, neighbors in Louis, uh, New Orleans and Memphis, hey, you're, you're a black guy. They, yeah, of course I am. Why is it that you, you, you've spoken a lot about Jewish power and influence uh, uh, during the interview tonight? Why is it, and I ask this as a serious question, not to make a point or a gotcha thing, why do Jews get so offended when they are identified as, as Jewish people? I, 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 <laughs> that's because, I mean, because, honestly, oh, they know something we well, don't. Well, it's very obvious, because if they actually identified Jews who are criminals and identify them as Jews. Let me tell you, look at the Epstein spy ring. They're all Jews. Epstein was a Jew. Ghislaine was a Jew, along with her father, the biggest spy for Israel, Maxwell. Dershowitz's attorney was Jew. They're all Jews, right? So if they identified Jews in a negative way, people would begin to see these Jews. That's why when they talk about Israel, even though it's a Jewish state, every Jew in Israel calls himself a Jew, and it's a Jewish state. They never say Jews bombed the Palestinians. They never say Jews terrorized and kicked out the Palestinians. They never say Jews are behind, you know, George Soros is a Jew and a very conscious Jew who was a, you know, survivor of the Holocaust. They don't do it that way. So the only time that they identify people as Jews when they're victims, right? They never identify Jews when they're predators. They don't identify the communists who did the Holocaust as Jews because they don't want that connection. They didn't identify the Hunter Baden Lighttop as, as real because the Jews wanted Joe Biden to be president. And, and they and it, Jews were the biggest contributors to Joe Biden. They didn't talk about the fact that Jewish New York Times, the Jewish Oppenheimer of NBC, and the Jewish Open, the Jewish controllers of Google and Facebook, and all these Jews didn't want people to know that Hunter Biden laptop was true. So they I don't mention the it. word Jew. Well, they don't. Uh, they don't, unless, as you said, it's, it's that's the one fact the of life, folks. You all have to know if you want to make yourself free and your children free, and the, the existence of our people be preserved. DavidDuke.com, my friend. Always good to talk to you. We will talk again soon. We will get together again soon. Uh, but until then, and Gab at Real David Duke. Gab, Gab. Hey, he's still on. He's still. He's still got social media somewhere. Thank you, Andrew Torba. Keith and I'll be back. Torba. Are you a native son or daughter of the South who pleads the stars and bars? Someone not born in Dixieland, but who is a Johnny Reb at heart and looking for a place to shop that promotes Southern heritage? Well, your search is over. Dixie Republic is the place to go for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Inside the log cabin, just outside Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Dixie Republic has t-shirts, hats, videos, flags, books, belt buckles, and some of the best mouth-watering barbecue sauce that will ever touch your lips. There's just about everything you want honoring the South at Dixie Republic. Well, you say that South Carolina is a bit too far for you to drive? Have no fear, my friend. 
All of this is just a mouse click away. Go online at www.dixierepublic.com. Your home for all things celebrating the Confederacy and promoting Southern pride. Is there a count somewhere? You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. You're listening to the Political Cesspool on ResolutionRDO.com. Call and listen now at 607-203-5423. That's 607-203-5423. Thanks for listening to Project Schoolyard Volume 2. For more information about the project, as well as lyric to the songs on this CD, please visit www.tightrope.cc. You can also find jokes, news articles, a photo gallery, free CD downloads, and a secure online shopping cart. We carry a full line of flags, t-shirts, CDs, books, stickers, and other products of interest to racially conscious white people. Please visit www.tightrope.cc. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more. Up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the political cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Welcome back, everybody. Third and final hour is here now, and it has been a different kind of show tonight. One guest, two hours. Very rare, very unusual that we do that, but we do like to mix things up from time to time, and it's hard to argue with the results, Keith Alexander. I tell you, this is a decompression chamber now for the next hour. There's so much. Well, we got other things that. we want to cover this hour, and we're going to be covering different news items this hour that you and I are going to be uh, mopping up now and closing the show. Uh, what, what, what am I putting in the notes here? Let's see. How did I word it? Uh, James Edwards and Keith Alexander put the finishing touches on another great broadcast. Well, that's true. That's what we're going to be doing this hour. But before we do that, I know you wanted to have a little bit of, uh, of a response to everything we've talked about the last two hours, and then we'll move on to uh, plow new ground. Well, David is right that we have to basically name the Jew. And it's not for, you know, we're not being fanciful. We're not trying to... Uh, make a new reality we just want the reality to come this out. was the last point i was making before we ran out of time with him was that you know people sort of shudder and, and cower and, fe- and fearfully to to even mention that but I, i'm looking at at this story and we've been very clear about this and we've said this many times we're looking at different issues whatever the issue may be 
And if if the person happens to be Jewish, we point out that this is a Jewish person, just as it, it, it would be pointed out if somebody's covering us that we're white or if, uh, if, if you're a case, white southerner, you know, they'll certainly, certainly the, let you know. If there's something negative associated with a white southerner, you will find out that that you'll person find out is what a you, white they'll, southerner. They'll let you know that you are white. And then, of course, in the case we were talking about at the very top of the show, the Daniel Penny case, that the black mayor of New York certainly in the first word out of his mouth was this was the black man so you know you can point these things out and i've always you know i i, I guess sort of i'm not joking i mean i do i do know why but uh, to, to point it out in and of itself isn't a hateful thing say this person happens to who happens to be jewish and who happens to be in control of this company these are just matters of fact these just... aren't matters of faith they're matters of fact and and as we've said this is the point too if all of these people who happen to be jewish and who happen to have this disproportionate amount of power and control over our institutions were doing things that we thought were to the benefit of the American experiment or of our faith or of our people, we would be their biggest cheerleaders. It has nothing to do with exactly. Yeah. If they all of a sudden woke up tomorrow and decided they were going to support the conservative or the right wing of of viewpoint on anything, we would be their biggest allies. Here is the problem. We have to all be racial realists and ethnic realists. In other words, name it. You know, they're going to name us whenever there's something negative and not name us if there's something positive. And to this end, and of course, when they name us, they, they don't just mention that we're whites. As we just mentioned, hey, this guy is Jewish, this woman's Jewish, this judge is Jewish, this reporter's Jewish, this owner of this <laughs> media company. Because they but, are. Well, well I, but we call them what they are. They, they are Jewish. They don't call us white. They call us white supremacists. They call us this, that, and the other. Marjorie Taylor Greene, by the way, just back in the news this week, getting excoriated by the people who are in control of the media. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the people that go to, go to uh, worship <laughs> services on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene claims that being called white supremacist is the same as calling a person of color that word that they call each other, but they don't like when other people call them. Well, that's exactly right. For example, when we're talking with David about book burning in Nazi Germany, one of the guys whose books were burned routinely during that period of time was Magnus Hirschfeld. Who was Magnus Hirschfeld? He was one of the first so-called quote-unquote sexologists. He was a Jewish homosexual who was big in the depravity of Weimar Republic Germany. He was one of the first uh, transgender advocates. He basically invented transgenderism. And another thing that is really telling, he was also the guy that coined the phrase or the term racist before 1935 in the publication of his book by the same name nobody would have known what you were talking about if you mentioned somebody as being a racist they would have thought you were talking about barney oldfield or some uh indianapolis uh race car driver or something like this a racist as a pejorative and a put down was invented by magnus hirschfield who was german jewish homosexual and uh a advocate of transgenderism now see a lot of people in the civil rights movement whatnot the so-called sacred civil rights movement don't want you to make that connection but that connection is very important you know you shall know them by their fruits if your fruit is as bad as magnus hirschfield's then if you are the person that invented the concept of racism, that's very important. That's something that people in America and Europe and elsewhere need to know. Racism is just as bad 
uh, or the, the thing is, the race issue, the civil rights movement and whatnot, is just as bad as the transgendered movement. We've got to basically get over that particular hurdle. As long as you allow them to go back to the civil rights movement and you agree that it's all righteous and holy, then you've given them safe harbor. It's like the Ho Chi Minh Trail during the Vietnam War. The people from, uh, you know, the Viet Cong could go there and lick their wounds, gather their strength, and come back. That's how the left uses the civil rights movement. Have you ever noticed that whenever you have uh, a new left-wing movement like transgenderism and they run into rough water, what does Hollywood do? They create another reminiscence about the civil rights movement to remind all of the world how righteous and holy liberals and left-wingers are. That's what we've got to explode. We've got to basically change that uh, reality and let people know that the real reality is that all of this stuff came from the same poisonous tree. All right. Well, uh, there you have it. And do you remember the story? I got to I got to say this. I don't know if we mentioned this last week. Uh, somebody emailed me tonight while David was on and, and said you should remind them of this story. And I don't know if we did last week. You remember the story last week we covered about the Texas Roadhouse purported incident at te Texas Roadhouse yeah. where all the whites came in and all they were doing were using and racial with Confederate flag diapers on. They were all using uh, allegedly using racial epithets and it, it caused the black man to go out and cry by the dumpster and now he's getting counseling and uh, but you know there was no evidence of it. Well, somebody reminded me of the fact that hey, remind, tell the story while David's on about the time y'all were all eating and the black man came, recognized David, and paid for everybody's meal, and that's a fact. I don't know if we got into that story last week. We've told it on the program before for other people. David Duke this, David Duke that, evil, Nazi, racist, anti-Semite. It's like Elvis having the George Wallace sign in the front lawn of Grayson. Well, what happened was when David was running for governor, uh, he had rented out an entire restaurant for his party. And there was a black church that was on the road. And they had pulled into this restaurant because they wanted something to eat before the restaurant closed. This was back in the early 90s. And the restaurant owner said, this is, I'm sorry, we'd, we'd love to, but this is, the restaurant's booked out tonight for a private event, which was one of David Duke's campaign events. And David heard about it, went out there and said, no, you let all these people in. There's plenty of room. They're welcome to come in and eat. Now, this was an, an entirely black church. That was in the early 90s. This is a story you never hear about David Duke. Uh, and then fast forward to the mid-2000s, David and I were hosting a conference together, and there was about a group of 20 of us after the events of the day. We'd gone over to eat at a restaurant, and that same pastor from the early 90s, fast forward to the mid-2000s, he recognizes David, and he comes and pays for the whole table. He said, I'll never forget your kindness that night, and I want to pick up the cab for your whole party. It had to be thousands of dollars. People can get out Gotta of take the, a in the medical field. IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing, and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24-7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with Managed IT Services. 
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, MericaFirst.com That's M-E-R-I-C-A 1-S-T dot com MericaFirst.com So that's you know that's the thing I want to re-impress, and it, it, it is this courtesy, this loyalty that I extend to my compatriots isn't just afforded to David Duke. It's afforded to everybody that we work with. Any guest that I've ever had on this program, anybody I've ever worked with, uh, if you have proven your worth to me, that you are honorable, that you are a good person, I don't care what the media says about you. If I make that determination, if I come to that conclusion, I'll go all out for you. I mean, David Duke is the one guy I think that everybody knows. If you followed politics American politics at all in the 20th century, you know the name David Duke. I don't think there's anybody that's been more attacked than him, in, in, in certainly in America, the living, or, or perhaps even the world. And the, but that's what I'm saying is I know him personally. He is a good man. He is a friend. We have vacationed together. We've had all of these experiences together, including the one that I just shared. And, and when I know that, your lies are not going to run me off of my position. But Keith, we, we ran into that break. You were making a comment on the, the story that we just retold from uh, that particular supper that night. Well, the thing about David Duke, he's like the old Dr. Pepper commercials. They said Dr. Pepper was so misunderstood. So is David Duke. David Duke, if you listen to his words, if you consider the totality of the circumstances, and even more, if you know him personally, you know he's, one, a truth teller, and two, he's an honest and honorable man. All right. Now, let's move on to another truth teller who came out with an article. Uh, This was uh, a great... It's not that Ann Coulter doesn't normally write interesting articles. Everything she did, she has a rapier wit. That's what separates her from the herd. She's smart, so is Pat Buchanan, so are a lot of other people. But nobody has that rapier wit like Ann Coulter. What did David Duke, Pat Buchanan, and Ann Coulter all have in common? They were disliked by the mainstream Well, there's that, of course. They've also all appeared on this program. Anyway. Exactly. That's right. uh, So... Okay, uh, no biggie, just the end of civilization, when race trumps merit. That's the name of the piece. Now, 
typically when we offer a little commentary or opinion or analysis on an article, we, we pull a couple of paragraphs and then go to town. But this one was so good, I couldn't really pare it down. So I'm going to read the majority of this column. But what I'm going to do is, Keith, when that light goes off, when I read something that you want to comment in, I want you to ring the bell. And then that'll let me, I'll, I'll pause wherever I'm at, bring you in, you make your comment, and I'll continue. So this is what happened. Let, let's see if you, let's practice. Let's practice ringing the bell. This is what Keith's going to do when he's ready to chime in. Let's see. We might have to turn the bell up a little bit. Let me, let me get the bell on it's my It's a little here. bit slow in the uptake, too. <laughs> All right, hang on. Hang on. Let's pull it up on the on. We'll, we'll pull it up on your on your monitor here, so you can you can play it. Let's see. There it is. All right. Now here's what you're gonna do, Keith. Let's see. Let's practice. Oh, they're gonna run an ad before we can even play the the thing here. This is uh, this is again live radio. All right. Where's the sound now? Keith, you gotta get your sound up. Let's see. All right. There it is. What in the world? There it is. I had to turn my monitor on. Oh, here it is. This is what Keith's going to do. That's it. That's as simple as it gets. So uh, we can really overcomplicate some things from time to time. All right. You ready to ring the bell when you got a comment? I'm ready to ring that bell like Anita Ward said. You can ring my bell. Okay. Ann Coulter's piece, and uh, I will begin. Whatever you had planned to do with the rest of the day, please drop it and read this right now. Heather McDonald's new book, When Race Trumps Merit, How the Pursuit of uh, Equity Sacrifices Excellent, Destroys Beauty, and Threatens Lives. And I've said that before. Beauty is where egalitarianism goes to die. Everybody knows what a beautiful woman is. Everybody knows what a obese woman is and, and they're not equal and it's so ironic that in today's world they're trying to tell you that obesity is beauty. well go to target and you see the models on the wall it's obese women in their bra and panties it's, it's disgusting I mean, <laughs> something will run me out of the store that'll do it <laughs> uh it seems that in the hysteria that followed george floyd's death in 2000 we agreed to destroy all of Western civilization, law, music, art, education, policing, science, and medicine to make up for black people not doing well on standardized tests. McDonald's cites not hundreds, but thousands of institutions that have flung aside standards in order to more fully dedicate themselves to the sole driving purpose of our nation, boosting black people's self-esteem. Uh, to consider just one area, I don't think you're going to like the medical care you'll be getting under the new regime. Just like in the wildly successful Soviet Union, science must be subordinated to politics, specifically racial justice. The American Medical Association, the Association of Medical Colleges, and the American Association of Pediatrics have all agreed that medicine is racist. The New England Journal of Medicine, quote, presents a nonstop stream of articles on such topics as the pathology, uh, the pathology of racism towards anti-racist allyship in medicine, how structural racism works, racist policies as a root cause of U.S. racial health inequities, McDonald writes. And Scientific American produced a special collector's edition on the science of overcoming racism. Well, let's just pause. Well, you don't even have to. Read. Oh, he's got it there. He's going to ring the bell. He's going to ring it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was going to pause and bring you in, but you were already getting the bell out. All right, let's 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 go right there. Let's We'll continue on with the column. But instead of actually pursuing 
true medical science. It's it's this is why we can't do anything in space anymore. NASA was racist. Space exploration was racist, and then we can't do. We, and our military will be the next thing to fall. This is what is God willing. Yeah, <laughs> about that well, one, see, but, th- this is. This is what we need to understand. If you don't have meritocracy, which is objectively determining who is the best, it's like having a track meet without a stopwatch or without, you know, uh, seeing what's going on. They, Ann Coulter made the uh, combination of the comparison between the Soviet Union and their approach to science and the way that the woke left wants us to handle science and medicine today. What is the connection between the Soviet Union and today's America? Both are run by Bolshevik Jews. They're the ones that set the standards. They're the ones that decide that we can't have standards if other people that they favor over us win the race. What we need to understand about wokeness is that it is anti-white Gentile primarily. You boil it down. That's who they want to thrust to the back of the line. That's who they want to kick down to the bottom of the totem pole. And they are trying to raise everyone else, but particularly blacks, homosexuals, other so-called marginalized groups above us. How can they do it? They've got to eliminate standards, objective standards, like what is your SAT score? What is your MCAT score if you're going to medical school? All of those things they're trying to jettison. And what's going to happen when they jettison them? You're going to get unqualified people in key positions. Now, in see, it's, it's one thing if you are giving affirmative action and set asides and quotas to a garbage truck worker or something like that. But when you're getting into the field of surgeons and medicine and pilots and things like that, I mean, now you're playing with real life and death. Yeah, well, this know, isn't a government bureaucracy type of job that they excel in. This is something that I well, mean, I was reading an article today about the new military, the new guy they've got set up a black guy to take Mark Milley's place. And he basically wants to have a, you know, raise the number of minority pilots or female pilots to a certain number, and same thing for officers in the Air Force, things like that. But as we're saying, they don't necessarily have to have the same level of competence. Well, you know, basically what they're going to do, if they have 50% non-white male uh, fighter pilots in the Air Force, 50% of our Air Force is going to be worthless or an actual liability to America because they can't perform. Keith. Which doctors are doctors too? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we I keep got... going, and I'll continue to read on the other side of this. Uh, go ahead. Oh, you want me to keep going? All right. Well, we only have a minute left, so why don't you, before we go to this next break, I don't want to get into it and get in deep, and then we have to come up for air before we're ready. So why don't you just? Uh... Well, see, this is the affirmative action thing. Affirmative action was the first phase. Now they want to jettison all standards. Even with affirmative action, they can't get the numbers they want to have a remade society where white people are at the bottom of the totem pole and black people are at the top. So what do they do? They jettison all standards. And then we're all in jeopardy. If you go to the hospital and you get an affirmative action doctor or somebody that doesn't qualify to be a doctor who has the credentials, you're liable to die. You're liable to be a victim of medical malpractice. But, again, they will ignore that, and they won't report about it. And if they don't report about it, guess what? In the eyes of most people, it doesn't exist. 
All right. The I guess I will continue to read on for a moment. Then we'll take our break. And there's still so much more to unpack from this latest from Ann Coulter. The Journal of... Well, see. See. All you had see. to do is start to talk. <laughs> We're going to tell you what the Journal of the American Medical Association... Uh, what happened to one of their principals recently? He's out of a job. What did he do? Told the truth. We'll find out. Stay tuned. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Rich Johnson. Mr. Chairman, these individuals Mr. Chairman, I, I can't A sample of the first few minutes of a House Oversight Panel hearing alleging the unfair targeting of conservatives by the FBI. Florida Republican Greg Stubbe summed up the allegations made by former FBI agent Steve Friend. So you followed inside protocol for the FBI, utilizing whistleblower statute protection information regulations through the FBI to make your, your complaints and information be known. Yes, and you did that to your supervisors? Three levels of supervisors. Three levels of supervisors, and the response to that was losing your security clearance, shutting you out, losing your job, taking away your pay. That's correct. Democrats on the panel say Republicans just want to disable and eventually dismantle the FBI. The Supreme Court's rule the families of victims of terrorism may not sue social media companies over terror-related content on those sites. A group of families sued the biggest tech companies, Google, Facebook, Twitter, essentially saying that the tech companies had allowed ISIS propaganda to proliferate on their platforms, that they knew this content was out there, and they were essentially steering young men to, to this content using a sophisticated set of algorithms. NBC correspondent Laura Jarrett says it was a unanimous decision by the court. New York Congressman George Santos's communication director has quit. Nasa Wormer says Santos never took one bit of professional advice, and she is honored to tender her resignation. The agency that hired photographers to take pictures of Prince Harry and wife Meghan in New York Tuesday night denies the couple's claims that paparazzi pursuing them nearly caused several serious accidents. It says instead the royal security team was the aggressor. The Wall Street Journal says ESPN's working on a standalone streaming service, bypassing cable satellite or streaming bundles. No word on a timeline. This is USA News. Finding great people to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology delivers so many qualified candidates, it's like finding a needle in a needle stack. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. For less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. At ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-471-7065. 800-471-7065. That's 800-471-7065.
Welcome back, everybody. James and Keith breaking down this Ann Coulter article. No biggie, just the end of civilization. Uh, we continue now. The Journal of American Medical Association, JAMA, J-A-M-A, aired a podcast in 2021 in which the deputy editor, Edward Livingston, <coughs> suggested that inequities in medical care can be addressed without accusing doctors of racism. He was promptly fired and replaced with a black woman. Uh, black leaders now, and remember, Keith, ring that bell when, when you're ready for me to, uh, to stop and give you a, a stab at it. Black leaders now head up the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, the Cleveland Clinic Cancer Center, the University of Chicago Comprehensive Cancer Center, the University of Pittsburgh Division of Medical Hematology Oncology, the Wake Forest School of Medicine, Virginia Commonwealth University's School of Pharmacy, the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences, the Massey Cancer Center at VCU, the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine, and the Department of Medicine at UCLA's Medical School. What could go wrong, Coulter asks. Most uh, of America's largest cities have black mayors and everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's what is going wrong. If that, that, I'm glad she gave us that comprehensive list of cancer centers that are headed up by blacks. If you want to die quickly of cancer, <laughs> go to one of those places and get your treatment. Now, people are going to say that's racist. People are going to say that's a racist statement because why are you saying that? Because they're black and not white? I mean, blacks are because just... Because we know from experience that these people now, did not get these positions except here, in a rare outlier situation unless they were black. Well, they were not chosen based on merit, based on demonstrated competence, based on medical diagnostic skills. We need people to be uh, reached, uh, uh, selected for high positions in our government, in our hierarchy, in our institutions, based on their intelligence and their capabilities. Now, you are assuming... You're not going to pick, for example, they're not going to pick me to be a center on an NBA team, okay? They're not going to pick, uh, you know... Uh, me as a hair club for men's club. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but see, that's what, what they want. They want you to pick people regardless of qualifications. Now, it's so ironic... That when it comes to athletics, it's devil take the hindmost. You got to have the fastest, the high, the largest, the guy that jumps the highest. But when it comes to stuff in society that really matters, like medical care, like uh, intelligence in uh, high uh, positions, like being a lawyer, being an accountant, being an architect. You know, do you want an affirmative action architect designing a skyscraper in your town and right, have listen, the whole thing come down? So you're saying. Uh, that as a general rule, with uh, exceptions for certain individuals, that blacks are not scoring as high or not as capable in these fields as whites. Now, well, what do we, we back, back that up with? Here is this. Here are the facts. Here's the thing. Here are the facts. The facts don't care about your feelings. Ann Coulter has the statistics right here from this research that Heather McDonald, who wrote this book that Ann Coulter is reviewing, uh, shares. In 2021, and then right back to you, Keith, in 2021, McDonald writes, this is absolutely, actually quite scary. The average score for white applicants on the medical college admissions test, that's the MCAT, was in the 71st percentile. 
the average score for black applicants was in the 35th percentile, a full standard deviation before the average white score. So that's not that's not saying that, you know, the white scored marginally better, but in the name of diversity, it's only just a little bit better. Let's let's put some blacks in these positions. No, you're talking about them scoring twice as well. Well, they're also trying to run whites out. For example, at the University of Tennessee Medical School here in Memphis, Tennessee. Basically, if you go there and look at the student body, like in a class break, it looks like the United Nations on lunch break. You see everybody except a straight white male. Uh, you, they get soy boys. They get blacks. They get foreigners. They get women. Indians. Indians, people with turbans, everything except a normal American from around this area. On the other hand, thank goodness there's an alternative way to get into uh, the medical profession now, and that's through osteopath school. That's where most of the straight white males are going in order to get positions as doctors. If it wasn't for that, we would have a medical profession filled with homosexuals, uh, lesbians, and soy boys. And blacks. That's what they want. <laughs> All right. So, so what what happened now? What was the official response when you have, as a group, whites coming in at twice as well as as blacks, seventy first percentile to the thirty fifth percentile? Uh, Coulter tells us what happened. Naturally, therefore, medical schools responded by dropping the MCAT for black and Hispanic students, offering them admission on the basis of their quote strong appreciation of human rights and social justice as the School of, Mer uh, of Medicine at, at, at Mount Sinai. Care. That was the School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. Uh, Mount Sinai. Uh, so <laughs> you don't have to score well, but if you if you have a strong appreciation for social justice, we'll, we'll give you the, the job. Now, this You'll is a recipe for devolving America into a third world nation. You're going to have doctors that are unqualified. You're going to have lawyers, architects, others who are unqualified. Any position that you have is going to be what you have with you talk about the black mayors. Well, that's why a lot of uh, American cities have devolved into third world status because of the people running them. Corruption is a third world value. That is what you see more and more in American politics, particular urban politics. Now, listen to this. This is this is where it gets even more frightening. Uh, another exam, we talked about the MCAT. How about the United States Medical Licensing Exam, the USMLE? Again, once again here on the USMLE, white students, medical students, scored, again, a, a standard deviation, a full standard deviation above the black students. So this is the test given after the second year of med school to evaluate students' knowledge of anatomy, uh, anatomy, biochemistry, pharmacology, physiology, and so on. It's a multiple-choice test, and it's graded by computer, USMLE. This is for medical licensing. And the conclusion was when whites again lapped blacks on this test, just like with the MCAT, the computer itself is racist. So in January of 2022, the USMLE dropped grades altogether and converted it to pass-fail. Well, there's a big difference between somebody who barely squeaks by and someone who excels. So on one hand, nobody's going to get a bad grade. But on the other hand, there'll be no way to distinguish one medical student from another, whether black, white, or Asian. Research laboratories, residencies, hospitals, and Medical centers like the Mayo Clinic are just going to have to roll the dice on that one. 
Well, what they're going to do is they're going to allow people to masquerade as doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs. And they're whatnot. not going to be masquerading. <laughs> well, the thing is... Well, they, they might be pretending, but they're going to be able to yeah, do all the It's going to be things. LARPing. It's live-action role-playing is what they're doing. <laughs> but see, if you have a doctor that can't do his function, it's like having a, uh, let's say, somebody like we have in Memphis who is running the license plate bureau that doesn't know how to run a business doesn't care to learn how to have it. They look at that position, that elected position, not as a public trust that they are responsible for and they need to serve the public. They see it as a sinecure. They think they ought to get paid for doing nothing. And when you call them out on their incompetence, they get indignant. This is what typically happens. And what happens is if you have the misfortune to live in a city like that, like Memphis, like Chicago, like New York, like San Francisco, whatever, uh, you're going to live in a environment that is devolving either slowly or quickly into third world status. You can't get things fixed. You can't get. You can't rely on the police. You can't rely on the license plate bureau to get your license. There are lots of businesses. In Memphis, for example, that relied, you know, car dealerships and whatnot in getting license plates to the people that buy cars from them. They can't do that now. And they're at, you know, what did they do to correct the situation in Memphis? Well, they hired somebody to help the incompetent person in charge of the license plate bureau. Guess what she was? Another black female uh, ex-politician. So, you know, you talk about the blind leading the blind. They're not going to see. They will not acknowledge. See, their excuse for their incompetence is white racism when the real excuse is black incompetence. All right. Well, so it's not just fun and games anymore. Again, I mean, positions like that. Yeah. If you go and get your tags renewed in person, you're going to wait there six or seven hours. But you you're going to survive. You're right? gonna you survive. have to come back several times. It's like being in Haiti or in Zimbabwe. But you're going to survive. You might not survive affirmative action at this level. And uh, we got one more. We're, we're continuing to break this down, a deep dive into this uh, <laughs> latest column by Culture. We'll be right back to wrap it up. To wrap up the entire show for tonight, stay tuned. In Message 1, we said that Satan, the father of lies, John 8.44, gave the left evil, spiritual power, the more they used the lies. The political left today is the beast. Now, the Bible confirms that the dragon gave him, the beast, his power. Revelation 13.2 The extra evil spiritual power that comes from the beast by their lying is what accounts for the string of the leftist criminals in the government that have never yet been prosecuted. It also explains why American capitalists support communism in the 21st century. Note 1. That behavior of capitalists was predicted by Vladimir Lenin, a cell of the beast. Note 2. Henry Ford was a capitalist, and he would have never gone communist. The difference between Ford and the present-day, end-time capitalists is that Ford was born and educated in the Kingdom of Christ, 19th century America, the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21. Antelope Hill Publishing is America's leading publisher of dissident books, bringing you a wide variety of new translations and original works on every subject from the Spanish Civil War to the funding behind the transgender movement. 
Antelope Hill publishes books that mainstream publishers won't touch, full of information that challenges the political status quo and brings real culture to the reading public at an affordable price. If you count yourself as a political dissident, then you owe it to yourself to check out the Antelope Hill catalog with exclusive offerings like Rebel Mountain by Kurt Eggers, a brand new reprint of the infamous You Gentiles by Marie Samuel, and now the treatise of a January 6th prisoner in the American regime... There is something there for everyone, and new titles are added every month. Check out the complete catalog today at antelopehillpublishing.com. That's antelopehillpublishing.com. I'm James Edwards, and I want you to check out antelopehillpublishing.com. One more segment in another show that has gone by far too quickly. Thank you for being with us. Please, folks, remember to support uh, the work we're doing here. We need it. Uh, inflation is rampant, and the cost of running this operation are, are more expensive than ever before. I mean, the cost to send a single letter, that's about a, a dollar. I mean, if you take in the, the envelope we have to buy and the, the, the copy we have to make and the return envelope and the, 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 the stamps go up. The stamps go up about three cents every month now. Yeah, I know. It's just, and again, what are the reasons? What, what, what is happening in America is that I'm not saying that all black people are incompetent. They're not. We have very incompetent. And obviously, there's not all white people are competent, because if they were, we would have never <laughs> allowed this uh, situation to present itself. Well, part of that is not incompetence. It's part of, you know, the uh, T.S. Eliot poem, The Hollow Man, This is the Way the World Will End, Not with a Bang but a Whimper. <laughs> people decided that it was better to not fight but switch. Rather than, you know, the old... T uh, oh, I, I, I got something on that. But, but let me say this first okay. before we uh, get to that. What has happened is what we were never told back in the Civil Rights Movement. We assume, for example, when the 64 Civil Rights Act was passed, that rather than having race as a factor, it would all be on merit. And white people said, well, I don't have anything to fear from that if it's, uh, you know, getting into law school, getting into medical school, getting a position uh, with a company or something. If it's going to go to the best candidate, I'll take my chances on that. But then the left found out that they had a Pyrrhic victory. They had the right, theoretically, for black people to get into law school and medical school, but they weren't getting in. What we assumed back then was that maybe the talented 10th would find some way in, but the rep, most of black people would not. Well, that's not good enough for the left and for the Jewish power and influence hierarchy that seems to run America today. They want they, they want more than just numerical standards. They don't want, for example, if blacks are 13% of the U.S. population, they're not satisfied with 13% of the uh, medical school slots. They want... Is, you know, they, they want to fill up the medical school with black people, and white people are, you know, uh, there to be forgotten and frozen out if possible. Let's finish this article. You've done a great job on the bell, but uh, I'm just going to finish it now. There's only I'm going to read four more paragraphs, and then we'll we'll continue this discussion. But uh, this is uh, where the rubber meets the road, and Ann Coulter's piece here. She writes that luckily. 
learning to identify and treat disease isn't such a big deal at today's medical schools anyway. Instead, the faculty are now charged with teaching about, quote, systems of power, privilege, and oppression, end quote. More than half of the top 50 medical schools now require students to take courses in systemic racism. I'm sure that'll be a huge relief when the doctors covered a pill to <laughs> cure that. <laughs> this is this is Ann Coulter's wit again, as you mentioned, <clears throat> responding to the fact that more than half of uh, excuse me, more than half of the top 50 medical schools now require students to take courses in systemic racism. She writes that I'm sure that'll be a huge relief when your doctor misses your brain tumor <laughs> in 2021. The Howard Hughes Medical Institute announced that it would spend two billion dollars to find a cure for brain cancer, Parkinson's disease, heart disease? No. $2 billion would go to promoting diversity and inclusion in science. They're looking for that pill. They're, got, they're going to create a pill to cure racism, apparently. And racism means that you're not down with dispossessing white $2 people billion under all dollars, I mean, $2 billion in favor of non-white. We're singing for nickels and dimes here, and... Two billion dollars just to be burned, to be thrown away, because you'll never find. Well, a guess, cure. guess who they're going to hire with those two billion dollars? It ain't going to be uh, white Southerners. I can tell you that. In 2022, the National Cancer Institute, which was funded by you, the taxpayer, decided to change its mission from conquering cancer, and really, who cares about that anyway? To guess what? Yes, the real serious stuff: promoting diversity. Instead of outstanding investigator awards being granted solely on the basis of merit, the gender and race of the researchers uh, is now what matters. That's why, Coulter concludes, it falls to the rest of us to never shut up about tearing down the tearing down of standards and to relentlessly provide the data that explains the lack of racial proportionality uh, in uh, these institutions that were supposed to have been Merit-based. Well, let me just say this, James. She's wrong in one small respect in this. Why are the $2 billion not going to cure a disease? Well, we've seen that before. It will go to cure a disease that disproportionately impacts black people. For example, when HIV reared its ugly head back in the 80s, remember when Rock Hudson died, he was the first big celebrity to die of HIV. Well, this seemed to be impacting black people more than white people. So all of this research money was diverted from heart disease, from cancer research and whatnot, and funneled into finding a cure or at least a way to stop the progression of hiv that's where all the money went that's where they do it see their reverse right well, not reverse racism but their racism against whites even finds its way into research facilities uh for example i've never seen much uh, as much ballyhoo about curing a condition than what i saw about sickle cell anemia which exclusively affects black people no amount of money uh, was enough to, until we actually cured or uh, fixed that problem. Meanwhile, heart disease and cancer, things like that that affect all sorts of people, that went begging. They didn't have that type, <laughs> that, that type of research was put on hold so that they could go after sickle cell anemia and HIV. This is uh, totally apart from what we've been talking about. I'm just perusing the headlines. Uh, Florida has 
And again, some good things happening down there under DeSantis. I'm not going to deny that, but uh, but it's on the margins. And but I'll take I'll take a small victory if I can get it over no victory at all. Florida has removed Black Lives Matter and George Floyd content from school textbooks. Now, how in the world did George Floyd already get put in the history books? How, how did that happen? Because leftist. But I mean, are but, in charge. but the history books. Uh, th- th- this was like a year ago. Well, they rewrite the history book. That's why I know that. But they that's, did that that's why quick. that's why parents have to be very involved in their children's education. That's the one good thing that came out of the COVID quarantines. A lot more homeschoolers. A lot more people going into homeschool. A lot of parents were seeing what their children were learning by remote education, and they saw how left wing woke all of this stuff was. And they caused an outcry. We wouldn't have this law if it hadn't been for the COVID quarantines and the fact that that pulled the lid off of all of this uh, left-wing propagandizing that uh, disguises itself as education in America's educational establishment. And that goes not just for public schools, but private schools. Your private school gets their teachers from the same colleges of education as the public schools, and all of these things have been taken over by the left. Now, I have told you before that uh, I am on an email list where we, uh, several men, all smarter than me, uh, bounce around issues and talk about different things in the headlines and in current events. And uh, one of the contributors that uh, sometimes pops in on the on the group uh, email exchange happens to be a conservative rabbi. I, no, no fooling. And uh, he emailed something a couple of days ago, and I pocketed it because it was it was spot on. And this is what. And by the way, we have one Jewish listener. I know we have one Jewish listener in Michigan and broken bread with him. Good guy. But uh, this is what uh, the rabbi writes. In European civilization today, there are several. But at the same time, I say that because I want to be fair. I want to be objective. I can say, yes, these guys are good, but the truth still must be told. And, and that's what we've been doing tonight. And that's what we've been doing for 19 years. But he writes, in European civilization, this is where you got to decide what kind of man, what kind of woman, what kind of person do you want to be? In European civilization today, there are several approaches to our rulers. You can be one of five people. You can have one of five responses. Number one, you can be like us. Um, excuse me, you can be like our enemies, those who have internalized and ruthlessly promote the new dogmas, those with the real power in education and media, the true sources of power. You can be a, So that you can make money. You can be number two. The group like us, uh, who understand the new dogmas and fight against them. A small group increasingly banned from media. Uh, you can be like uh, the Republican Pied Pipers, phonies who make believe that they fight against the new dogmas when, of course, they don't, and they're only looking after their individual selves. They want to keep their job. They want to keep their positions. But not getting money. too close to the truth. Or you can be like the fourth set of people. Uh, which is what most people are, those who just want to know what he or she has to do or say at any given time in order to get on with a peaceful life. Or you can be like a lot of our MAGA friends, those who are vaguely upset, but they understand little. Now, those are the five types of people you can be, and, and you will have to and, make a choice on which one you want to. And, and let's talk about that fifth category, okay? Those type of people, the reason they don't know is because they've internalized the 
boundaries set by the media mavens, by the people that own the media, by the people that run our government, by the people that run our institutions. And they don't want to listen to people like David Duke, for example. They want to listen to somebody like Sean Hannity. Well, you're never going to find your way out of the woods listening to Sean Hannity, unfortunately, okay? And you're not going to find your way out of the woods listening to Bill O'Reilly or Glenn Beck or all of these other people that are paraded, trotted out in front of us as experts and people on our side of the things. They are disinformation agents. They And they don't do it by telling you a lie. They do it by only telling you part of the truth. If you don't understand the central importance, if you get one thing from this show tonight, get this. If you don't understand the central role that Jewish power and influence has played in the transformation of America over the past 70 or so years, then you're missing the point. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for tonight. And uh, we will talk to you again next week, God willing, for Keith Alexander, our featured guest of the evening, David Duke. I'm James Edwards. Good night, God bless, and Godspeed. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com.